This is the Movie Hall of Fame Class of 2011 for Friday, January 8th, 2021. That was fast. Escalated quickly. Oh, it escalated. That escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? Yeah, I stabbed a man in the heart. Man, Anchorman just saw it all coming, huh? Did you throw a trident? <laughs> just, yeah, there were horses and a man on fire, and I killed a guy with a trident. <laughs> you know, in times like these, sometimes you just need to go to the great American text for answers to life's most impossible questions, and I think Anchorman would fit the bill in this case. It should be part of the U.S. Constitution. Yeah. Just Anchorman. I think so. The entire screenplay of Anchorman. <laughs> That'd be the funniest thing to look at. I What's... mean, you could read some Thomas Paine, or you could read some fucking, uh, uh, fucking Will Ferrell. Will Fe- <laughs> Thomas Paine right next to Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell comes Some Adam first. McKay. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it's technically Adam McKay, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Everyone could use Anchorman nowadays. Yeah, I think so. I think it would help you find order in a very disorderly world. I don't know. My house is still standing. Back when men were men. Back when men were men. <laughs> A time before cable. When the local anchor... No. <laughs> we've, we've quoted that enough. Um, hey, Adam. Yeah, how you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm hanging in. Yeah, I can't, can't complain. There's an aura of, of just somberness when I came in. I don't know. I think somberness. I think just strangeness. Strangeness? I just yeah. think we're living in strange times. Yeah. My my house is still standing, so I'm okay. I'm a very selfish human being when That's it comes true. to all this stuff. Like, I don't care. As long as my house is still standing and my dogs are okay, we're okay. Yeah, that's true. I don't think I see it quite the same way as you, but that's all right. You're you're full of existential crises in your in your life. So. Yeah, I had kind of a mental breakdown two days ago. You had a mental. <laughs> I didn't say that. I well, I, the country had a mental breakdown. Well, that definitely happened. I don't know. I just did some soul searching. Went for a walk. Did some yoga. I did yoga, Adam. You did yoga. I did yoga. Mm. I did fucking yoga. I can't And I this. watched cable news for 14 oh hours. Oh my God. I did not turn off the TV. It was the most unhealthy behavior. It was it. really bad. I didn't learn about what was going on until like seven o'clock at night when Abby came over and she's like, did you hear their, their storm in the Capitol? And I'm like, what? Yeah. She's like, yeah, you didn't hear the about cavalry is yeah. here. <laughs> she's like, well, yeah, you didn't and see. And they have MAGA hats on. <laughs> this My response was... <laughs> I'm such an idiot. She's like, how did you not see this at? I was like, I was editing all day. I don't know. I got nothing to do. Yeah. It's like, no care. wonder Nicholas Cage stole the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> no wonder he walked out of there so easily. Oh, what are we going to do? Uh, we're going to talk movies today because that's what we're here to do. We're here to discuss movies. And I think that's a good way to spend a Friday. After what's been a very chaotic week, let's try to return to some normalcy here. Okay talk moves i got I'm, I'm currently in the process of searching for a, a good movie quote to end this thing okay you know there's lots of good ones in i can here. think of a few i'm only sticking to one movie okay so i can think of a few okay. uh class of 2011 is what we're talking about today because it's been 10 years since 2011 we have this code of well i won't go there uh <laughs> we have a code that we follow it's a letter of the law yeah unlike some of our politicians and um, we're going to stick by that code 10 year window. Yeah. 10 year window. You, you can only be inducted into the movie hall of fame. If you have been out 
for public consumption for 10 years. We have broken that rule a few times. We might. I, we've bent that rule. <laughs> Dude, honestly, we're probably going to end up having to bend it recently for, yeah. fi- for five years. But for now, we're sticking to it. It's been 10 years since 2011. Yeah. We're now looking back on the year 2011 yeah. and choosing which one is most worthy of induction. We already have a 2011 film in the Movie Hall of Fame. That's a good point. One by the name of Drive. Which, Drive is in there. Which is why it is not on this list. Nope. You know, you make a good point. Yes. We have broken this rule a couple times. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. And that was before. Yeah, that was... Uh, We're no better than them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> what are we going to do? This was pre-2021. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I guess you're right. Look at us. Um, 2011, what do you think? Good year? Bad year? Uh, I mean, for some reason, I took me forever to find these movies. Yeah. I don't think it's a great year. I think it's okay. I th- well, I think it's good, you know, but um, even next to 2010, it's it's not even close in my opinion. Although there's at least one movie on this list that like means a, tre- a tremendous amount to me. Yeah. So. Um, 2011 was a long time ago, it feels like. It does. <laughs> it feels like forever ago. And junior year of high school, I think. That's when it started. When yeah. it started junior year of high school. Fuck. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 sure, but no, then it started sophomore year of high school, really. Yeah. The yeah, the tail end of sophomore year of high school for both of us was yeah. at the beginning of 2011. Um definitely taking me back to it like we're getting to that point now in the movie watching where it's no longer academic, it's now nostalgic. Yeah. Um and I feel very nostalgic about this year. It was one of the first years I really started paying attention to movies. 2010 was really when it started ramping up for me. 2011, I was just in, and I was going to the movies so often. Probably every weekend, I was going to the movies, wow. and I have vivid experiences seeing a lot of these things in the theater. I was following the Oscars very closely. I watched every movie nominated for Best Picture, and like you, I did remember 2011 sort of being a down year. 2012 was very good. I remember 2010 was also very good, but somewhere in 2011, there was just like a a a dearth of good blockbusters and also a dearth of good Oscar bait movies. And I think it was just sort of for those following the, the movie landscape in a traditional way, the Oscars got it wrong and the box office got it wrong. But what you realize is that all that stuff in the middle, that was like a little more expensive than an Oscar bait movie and a little cheaper than a blockbuster. Yeah. Ended up being really good. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of movies, including some on this list, Moneyball contagion uh girl with the dragon tattoo like mid budget pg-13 to r-rated movies smart made for adults but not on a huge scale but also had really good casts in them Mm -hmm. and i think 2011 is actually when you look back on it history has been kind to it yeah anyways i I agree with that it's sort of to me though like it it is very much like a diamond in the rough. It feels like um, like the early 2000s, early, early 2000s, or it was just sort of a stream of whatevers. But every once in a while, something squeaked through that was like, whoa, what is that? Right. So it's certainly how I feel about the nominees. We didn't really – I mean, did we really miss anything? That's kind of my point, though. Well, I'll give you a list. There's a lot of good movies that came out this year that are like, oh, yeah, that um, one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think, like, I don't know, when a bunch of those movies come out, you don't realize at first how strong the year is. You know, last year when The Irishman comes out and fucking, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes out and it's all of these movies that did well at the box office and also did well critically and had big stars in them. It's like, of course, 2019 was a good year. Yeah. Um, 2011, yeah, yeah, it ages like a fine wine, I think. 
Not I the, think a lot of these did. Well, not the winner of the Oscar of that year, though. That's the issue. Maybe that's, that is the problem. Maybe that's part of, you know, seriously, where how the Oscars choose to cap it off. It's like, really? I don't even dislike the movie that one, but I mean, next to... I do. It's fine. Uh, but like, even for me, next to Hugo, because Hugo was nominated, and I'm right. just like, what? <laughs> so let me let me give you the top 10 at the box office that year. Number one, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 2, which you say is a good movie? Fantastic movie. Okay, fine. Number two, Transformers Dark of the Moon. Bad. Well, it's not the worst Transformers, but it's not good. Number three is Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Yikes. This is, see what I'm saying? Number four, Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part One. That's when they started, actually, no, Harry Potter started it, but they both did that stupid thing where they break up the last book into two movies. Well, it makes this common criticism with those movies and not Harry Potter was because Harry Potter seemed like it needed the time to split those two stories up or the it seemed like it, it had earned the right to ha- to be two movies whereas those other ones were just like nonsense and everyone wanted to get them over with so and the worst was hunger games oh yeah breaking up hunger games was awful i don't know why they did that number five you got mission impossible ghost protocol good good movie. Good, good movie good movie kung fu panda 2 is six fast five is seven we'll talk about it in a second i love the kung fu panda movies is that right i fucking love the kung fu panda movies you better believe it. Did not know that. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> I'll make a note. <laughs> number eight, Hangover Part Two. Eh. Bad. Eh. Number nine, The Smurfs. Bad. Oh, God. Number 10, Cars 2. Bad. Yeah, bad. Yeah, that's bad. So, bad summer. And then you get to fall. And here are your best picture nominees. This is honestly one of the worst lists I've ever seen. The Descendants, fine movie. Alexander Payne, Clooney, fine. Extremely loud and incredibly close. Not good. I don't remember that movie at all, but I, f- I think I've seen it. Nine Eleven movie. Tom <laughs> yeah, Hanks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Bad. The Help. Awful. The Help's good. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to compare The Help to one of the movies on this list. <laughs> no, The Help's really good, but uh, should it have been nominated? No. Ugh. No. Hugo. Okay. We'll talk in a second. Midnight in Paris. Good, good. movie. Moneyball. Great movie. Tree of Life, I think in hindsight, one of the best movies of the year. Yep. And War Horse. Oh, didn't see it. You 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 talk a lot of shit about War Horse. It's awful. It's and, awful. And of course, The Artist Wins, yeah. which is a movie that no one has thought about since March of 2012 when it won Best Picture. I didn't even know it existed until it won. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of the issue. <laughs> Michael Hazenovicus won uh, Best Director for The Artist. And this is the crazy one. Jean Desjardins Jean won Dijardin. Best Actor. Yep. The was, guy from The Artist won Best Actor. He was just in a new film by Quentin Depew called Deerskin. Check it out. That's what he's doing now? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Damien Bichar was also nominated for A Better Life. I don't know who that is or what that movie is. Do you know what A Better Life is? I've heard of it, but I have not seen it. I don't I really don't know what that is. Clooney won for or Clooney was nominated for The Descendants, Gary Oldman for Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Brad Pitt for Moneyball. And they gave it to the fucking artist guy. Meryl Streep wins Best Actress for Iron Lady, which is evidently a horrible movie that I have not seen. Christopher Plummer wins Best Supporting Actor for Beginners. And Octavia Spencer wins Best Supporting Actress for The Help. And then Midnight in Paris and The Descendants pick up the screenplay awards. Okay. Yeah, not good. Not good for the Oscars. Is this where it all started? <laughs> no, it's no, not even close. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> not even close. Yeah. It starts in 1927 or whenever the first Oscar was. 
Uh, but here are your honorable mentions, and this will maybe prove my point. Uh, we talked about Drive, which is not here because it's already in. Uh, the Tree of Life is also not nominated because we talked about it on the uh, other podcast. Killer Joe is a favorite of Why Is This a Thing came out that year. The Ides of March, pretty good movie. Did you see that? No. Clooney. All right. Hero Dreams of Sushi. Good documentary. Margaret, I hear really good things about, but I've also never seen it. Mm. That's the... Um, What's her name from True Blood? Anna Paquin. Oh. Right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, X-Men First Class. Love that movie. I do too. Love that movie. One of my faves. One of my favorite X-Men at least. Haywire. Steven Soderbergh just <laughs> comes out with Haywire and Contagion. Didn't, <laughs> see, same year. didn't see Haywire. Awesome. Yeah. Fucking dope. You see Margin Call? No, not yet. Another sick movie. Yeah, that's one that I'll probably watch eventually. Wall Street movie, really good cast, spacey before all the weird stuff happened. <laughs> uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, as we said. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I like it. I like it just fine. Yeah. We need to talk about Kevin came out that year. <laughs> when we were teasing nominating. Yeah. Yeah. I think we opted for the correct choice. I mean, I love that movie, but like. <laughs> it's a hard word to use in that love. Now, you have a lot of trouble admitting the fact that I can that it, that anybody could love what is you know a, a miserable experience. <laughs> there is nothing good about that. It's a great movie, but it like Jesus, movie, yeah. uh, Limitless came out that year. A movie that I like. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of it. I never finished it. Captain America: The First Avenger and Thor both came out that year. I don't hate the first Captain America like everyone else. I like it. Yeah, I kind of like it too. Um, I don't like Thor. <laughs> Nor do I. But yeah, the first Captain America gets a little bit of a bad rap. I kind of like the aesthetic of that movie. I do too. I wish they spent more time in that timeline. Yeah, me too. Same with Wonder Woman though. By the way, I haven't seen the new Wonder Woman yet. Oh, you haven't? No. Have you? Uh, I had the option to watch it last night. I, I went on your HBO Max account. Uh. And, and instead, I watched the remake of Friday the 13th. Good for you. Mm-hmm. I have never been less eager to jump into a conversation than Wonder Woman 1984. I'm not going to see the movie. Like, I'm just good. I think I'm good. You're allowed to be good. Don't, I think I'm fine. Don't even think about it, Nico. I have had less than zero urge to watch the movie. Yeah. I'm not even I, – I couldn't care less. Man. Here's, here's, here's what it's going to be. I'll, I'll, I'll put it down right now. Nico – I am not going to have the conversation with you. Okay. If you watch it, I'm just going to be like, no. Okay. No, I don't care, dude. My parents saw it. Good for them. <laughs> they hated it. Yeah, apparently it was awful. Apparently it was really, really, really bad. I just, I, I really am not interested. The only, Which is crazy. It's me. Well, the only thing that would uh, like tease the conversation for me is that from everything I've been hearing, we could probably talk about it on why is this a thing? Sounds like it. Yeah, the relationship between her and what's what's his name? Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Yeah. I I don't know who they are. Um yeah, apparently what they how they choose to bring him back is insane. I've heard. Like it's bizarre I've heard. and fucking nuts. And no, it piques my curiosity a little bit. It does not like get me excited to watch a two and a half hour long movie though. No. Which is how long this movie is. Fuck that. Fuck that. I haven't done any of the I mean I I, I got up to Suicide Squad. And obviously I did Joker, which I guess is part of the DC thing, kind of. But mm. I skipped Aquaman, I skipped Justice League, and I skipped uh, Shazam. Apparently Shazam's okay. Yeah. But I don't know. So I, I, I'm i just really not interested. I'm going to pass. I'm not interested in any of that. Dude, I'm not going to see Black Widow. 
I'm interested in Black Widow. If, if you see again, that's another, I like that cast. It, it, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be okay. Again, if you see that movie, that's another one where I'll be like, no, dude, no. Like, who cares? Excited for Wandavision? No, no, I'm not seeing Wandavision. No, no. Did you see that trailer that dropped yesterday, bro? Yeah, it looks kind of lame to me. First episode comes out next week. Looks kind of lame. What? I don't really like those characters, though. Is part of the issue. I don't. I don't have any interest in why. Why would I watch a show where I, I didn't really care for the, those particular characters to begin with? Because it's trippy and different. It looks different. I mean, maybe it's not different, but it looks different. It's not different, dude. What are you talking? They're about? doing a fucking sitcom. So what? They'll find a way to water it that shit down. <laughs> I, I hope not. It lo- I don't know. I'll give it one episode. Uh, what happened here? Uh, Super Eight came out that year. A movie that I've sort of grown lukewarm on over the years. Source code. Did you like Super 8 to begin with? Yeah, I liked it. Uh. I'm not really into it anymore, but <laughs> when I saw it as a kid, it was like, oh, yeah, it's E.T., but it's more violent. It's, it, 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 no, it is E.T. Right. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, it's E.T., but it's more violent. It's whatever. Yeah. Uh, source code. I haven't seen it, but apparently very good. Yeah, I didn't really get it as much as everyone else did when it came out, but I need to revisit that yeah. at some point. Uh, Troll Hunter, we did on the other podcast. <laughs> I kind of love Troll Hunter. Yeah. Uh, you're next. Oh, good movie. Good movie. The Descendants, Warrior. Come out and play. Not what? That, no, not that Warrior. The Warriors? That's a very, very, very different movie. <laughs> no, nah, I'm talking about uh, Warrior, about the UFC fighter. I like that movie. I do too. Take Shelter. Is that the Michael Shannon thing? Yeah. No, nah, I haven't seen it. Bernie. Bernie's cool. Melancholia. Do we have to watch Melancholia? Have you seen Melancholia? No. Ooh, I've seen Melancholia. Do you like it? No. <laughs> I think I need to do it. I mean... People love that movie. Yeah, they do. I, 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 I get it, but I don't get it. How about that? Okay. I don't think it's like a poorly made movie, but it's so not for me. Rango, I also must see. Me too. A Separation, I also must see. I need to see that one, too. Attack the Block? Love Attack the Block. Fucking love Attack the Block. Intouchables? Not Untouchables. Intouchables. Good movie. That was remade as a shitty movie with (laughs) Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston. Crazy Stupid Love, which is literally one of my dad's favorite movies. Yeah, I love that movie, too. He has seen that movie at least 150 times. It's wonderful. All the time. (laughs) He tells me. (laughs) It's a wonderful movie. I can tell you how many times he goes to me, Nico, be better than the gap. (laughs) He loves saying that, be better than the gap. (laughs) And 50-50, a good movie that has also been overlooked. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, 50-50 is a... Delightful. Sort of, yeah, an unsung, delightful little movie that has one of my favorite, like, fuck you girlfriend scenes ever. Yes! My God, is that, like, the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. That movie's so sweet. It is. I love it. Okay. The lead character's name is Adam. It just gets me every time because my name's in a movie. It's never in a movie. (laughs) You're only the first name in the Bible. Okay? Oh, so, so they don't they Chill don't out, they don't think about me ever again after that. Is that how it works? Don't you think the totality of human art has given enough due to the name Adam? That's a good point. I am pretty cool. The first fucking name. I am pretty damn cool. Your rib started all of this. Damn man. Yeah, I'd every- like to remove one of your ribs right now. All in the- fact. <laughs> <laughs> and what make you a woman? <laughs> Now just remove them from your body and discard Ew. them. Ew. 
I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go that far. We're going into like Saw 3 territory. I'm trying sorry. To be, trying to be peaceful. <laughs> I'm sorry I just referenced Saw it's 3. It's time to heal. Okay. Yeah. It's time to heal these wounds. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Let's do it. 2011. We'll begin with a movie called Fast Five. Yes. Me Familia. Directed by Justin Lin. Starring Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Jordana Brewster, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, Sung Kang, Gal Gadot, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dominic Toretto and his crew of street racers plan a massive heist to buy their freedom while on the sights of a powerful Brazilian drug lord and a dangerous federal agent. Yeah. You know my thoughts on this movie already. Oh yeah, you love you love this movie. I you love it. it. I adore it. You love it. I adore it mm. and um that's why I'm going to shut up now and let oh. you talk about your first experience <laughs> watching it. Oh yeah, I mean um I mean the movie <laughs> talk about like no setup whatsoever <laughs> whoa the movie is just like trip the bus <laughs> fast five <laughs> uh, <laughs> man they weren't kidding no this movie fucking is like getting punched in the stomach <laughs> really really hard <laughs> Uh, but it's a shit ton of fun. What do you want? <laughs> it's dope. It's a dope fucking movie. Um, I, I, I learned a lot about myself and my feelings towards some of these actors while watching it. Okay. Um, helped a little bit with like my feelings towards the franchise in general. Um, I don't think it's a great movie. I mean, somehow <laughs> you have watched the entire franchise without, without seeing, seeing this movie and the seventh movie, right? Yes. You've seen everything else. I, I mean, I haven't seen fate, but Okay. But yeah. you saw a good chunk of the movie without seeing what I consider to be the core text of the whole franchise. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, this is the one that kind of changed it and to made it what it is now. Right. And every every everyone that's come out is just going to copy this. Essentially. Like, obviously, but, you can watch one of these movies without seeing the other ones. Yeah. But if you were to watch one in preparation for the other ones, this is the one that you would watch. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's by far like the, it is the, the most important, right? Most important. It's it's the, of of the ones that I've seen. It's the least trashy. Um, it's it's pretty trashy though. It, it can be. It's not. It's not as bad as any of the other ones that I've seen. Yeah. I mean, it's um, there are not a lot of shots of like women in in bikinis <laughs> sponging down Maseratis. There's only like one scene where they have like a drag race party and, and all the girls are there and that's it. And then they use Gal Gadot, you know, in, in wonderful fashion. Of course, I'm, I'm not gonna, as bait. I'm not going to complain about that. Mm. Um, I, I hope it scene where they trip the bus with like literally I, I they trip the bus. Right. I, I was like. No, but awesome. Okay. Wait till you get to the tank. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, in the sixth movie? No, no. Yeah. No, the, well, no, that's the seventh, right? No. Or the eighth? No, the eighth. The tank? The tank on the fucking ice. Or no, that's a. That's no, the great. tank is on the highway in the sixth movie and it launches Dominic to the car. Why do I know this and you don't? That's a good point. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. Um, but the movie is just like. Man, it just doesn't stop. And it's like it's a little exhausting. I don't think there's a tremendous amount of like like artistry and personality to the action. But I disagree. I don't disagree. <laughs> well, it's your statement. So, of course, you wouldn't disagree with your own statement. I don't know, man. Like to me, it, it it's filmed like a lot of action car scenes that I've seen before. 
Um, but it it's just good in the fact that it kind of captures all the right moments. And I guess the thing that saves it is the editing. You know, I, I wouldn't enjoy this movie even half as much if the editing wasn't so, uh, I guess, precise. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, there's no artistry to, to, to this feels like the best version of like a Michael Bay robot brawl. I don't, I don't agree with that. I would, com- I, I would compare it most adequately to, um, the first Transformers, not the other ones, okay. uh, but definitely that first one where it's like, yeah, you, you were going crazy, but it was a, the appropriate amount of crazy there's and it, much more, and it was very satisfying here and there's a lot less cutting. I mean, that, that's th- not true no, at that, all. No, compared to a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, dude, that's not true at all. I was like pretty keen on the cutting and man was this going all in not like a michael bay movie though well if i'm comparing it to the first transformers yeah no 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 mm. I'm not. and also like the amount of practical stuff they did here as opposed as opposed to the transformer stuff yeah the like well, the train thing they actually did there's like, a the tr- train almost got derailed in the, during the filming of this movie there's a tremendous amount of d- uh, practical stuff in michael bay movies too the only thing that's not practical is usually just the robots what you're watching yeah well, well the, ex- the explosion the focus of the action well, yeah. the, well the setting is real and the people are real and the explosions and the cars getting turned over that's all real and stuff but the you know the actual robot now uh yeah i i i just think the movie is like like super chunky with its action and that's what it comes down to for me it's like even though like i wasn't like in like in love with the way it was being filmed half the time i it's just knows when to cut to this thing when to cut to a car making a turn or when to cut to a safe hitting a fucking bank right uh and i'm just like (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. This is this is pretty fucking awesome, and I can't really deny it that. And it's so funny, yes, <laughs> in how absurd it is. Like that bank, that, that that safe scene is one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my life. No, you're right. Visually, not even like the one line. Like Ludacris and Tyrese Gibson are both yeah. good, and I think like they they both injected a good energy oh, into. The oh, movie. I'm not talking about the dialogue at all. No, I'm no, t- it's they're and they're fine. Whatever, like they're good for some chuckles. You're right though. The actual the image of a safe. Just barreling it's down the so, highway in Rio de Janeiro. It's so funny. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it is hilarious. Yeah. But also, like, thrilling. It is really, really, like, a thrilling action set piece. Well, because there's a lot of weight to that thing, and then you see what it's destroying, like, those concrete block dividers, and it's like, oh, God, <laughs> this hits anybody. They're fucking dead. Right. Uh, yeah. Just the, the absurdity of the FBI just letting them go along with it. I know. And I'm thinking about that <laughs> stuff the entire way, and I'm and I'm like, nah, stop it. It's okay. Just love it. Yes. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's undeniable fun and i think the again the action is i i don't know i think like like i compare it closer to maybe like 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 the born films with their action where it's like i don't love everything about the way those those fights are choreographed that being said for some reason when they're editing it they're cutting to all the moments that are actually somewhat appealing regardless of the fact that it can be a little hard to follow right and it's just satisfying and i still feel the hits and i still feel the movement and you know despite some of my just i it's, it's at this point it's probably a bias but my just general shortcomings with that type of filmmaking style uh it's the best version of that there isn't really a sleekness to this action it's not no. like john wick where it's like no. everything is like balletic in how in how choreographed it is and i do have an affinity for that kind of stuff which is it's more on me i would say yeah so. definitely i i think like the action just fits the stars in, in a lot of ways like yeah. th- this is the movie where vin diesel really took creative control of the franchise he comes back at the end of tokyo drift and then in Fast 4, he's actually starring in the movie. And that's also when they brought Justin Lin in. The movie did well at the box office, but it's not a great movie, if I'm being honest with you. It's fine. It's there's whatever. too much CGI, I think. And also, like, there's not enough fun. There's not enough self-awareness going on. No. Um, this is the movie, though, where Vin Diesel's, like, 
let's bring in an, an ensemble cast. Let's make this the Magnificent Seven or whatever. Yep. You know? And let's give all of these guys a chance to shine and just set it in front of the backdrop of a heist movie. Yep. Which is an awesome pivot. I mean, it's just a, it's a brilliant move that they took. Like, they had a franchise that was successful. And they're like, ah, you know, this street racing thing is kind of getting old. And let's also inject this rock energy. <laughs> rock is so good. He's incredible he's so in this good. movie. And now, of course, we're so far. The last decade of rock movies, uh, they've they've devolved to the point of parody now. But I think it's easy to forget how novel it was, him coming onto this movie and injecting this life, but also this sense of self-awareness and this wink, which I think is really the 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 brilliant tension of these movies. Maybe I'm going a little too far, but like I think the brilliance is that Vin Diesel takes them seriously and the rock does not take them seriously at all. And no. somewhere in the middle, there's this brilliant mix of like genuine artistry and also blockbuster cheese. Yep. Um, and I, it works. And this is the best combination in my opinion of the two. I love everybody in this cast. Uh, Gal Gadot is beautiful, obviously, uh sung kang back it, it was a Great. smart move I, you know they retroactively tried to pretend that this that the whole franchise was building towards something which it wasn't like no. these were just cool actors that they spotted in the last few movies and said what happens if we put them together mm. but it was a great pivot it's a great it's it's like that scene in apollo uh, 13 where the the nasa engineers are sitting in a room and they dump out the box on the um, countertop and they're like this is what they have up there let's see if we can make it down here that's what this movie is it's like here are all these pieces that don't fit with one another and are not designed to do anything how can we make the <laughs> how can we make them work and turn it into its own brilliant invention yep and that's what it is. It's it wasn't even hard. Like I kept looking at these movies, like the earlier movies, and thinking like this should be so much more self aware than it is. Yeah, and it should be so much so much sillier. They have like the the Arnold eighties films in their hands, but they're just not doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. And then this film is where it actually becomes that, and I actually see it unfold and evolve into exactly that idea. Mm. Um, and it is really like like again like even though like I mean it it it's an oceans film if the oceans cast was replaced by a bunch of whacked out thugs sure <laughs> who drive fast cars yeah it's fast fits yeah. yeah it's oceans fast and furious yeah it's what it is sure. and that's awesome <laughs> and i'm and i'm more than okay with that uh and i actually think like the character work for the most part is handled a lot better than i expected oh yeah and i think like the emotional scenes and the care it takes with them it's not like the same way that it, it, it is in like sound of metal or anything but it's like it's like you know, for for a movie of its kind, it's it's much better than it has any right to be, mm-hmm. and I was more than satisfied with that, and it was actually a pleasant surprise. My my two gripes, like like actual gripes, because the rest of it, I'm like, cool, cool, it's a good Friday night banger of a movie. Fuck yeah, let's sit down and watch Fast Five. Um, yeah, the villain, who who cares? I mean, The Rock is just the better villain in the movie. I, you know, I mean, he's well, more antagonist yeah. than villain, but. I suppose, yeah, I was more, Antagonist is actually perfect for what he is. Sure. Because he ultimately isn't really the villain villain. Yeah. I actually really like Fast Six. <laughs> well, Fast, yeah, Fast I mean, w- w- once the Shaws are introduced. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> the Sixth one is pretty fun. Sure. Uh, but, um, yeah, the villain was such a, a, like, forgettable thing to me. I just didn't yeah. care about him at all. And this, this is where I sort of divulge like why i don't think i'm ever gonna be 100 percent in love with this series is that dude i don't like vin diesel 
And that's the crux of this. Yeah, and I look, don't, I don't like Vin Diesel. Look, I like him as Richard Riddick. It's been a, it's been and, a, <laughs> and that's it. Goodness, I like him as Riddick. <laughs> I think he's perfectly suited for that character. Uh, I think that's his baby, and it's clearly the one that he feels like he cares the most about, at least in those movies. Even though those movies aren't great, uh, you don't think Vin Diesel cares about the characters in Fast? He's, they feel like an afterthought to me. Like it just feels like he's phoning it in. There's, n- I don't see a, a, like a semblance of charisma to Dominic Toretto at this point. I don't know. Um. Okay, it's been a tough week, uh, and there's been a lot of conflict oh, yeah. in the world, and in the interest of simmering tensions, I will not respond to that directly, other than to say that it's your worst take you've ever had. But that's fine. You're allowed to have bad takes. I know your think- worst take was last week with Soul. Oh, Soul still. And look, a week <laughs> later, you broke it by saying that Vin Diesel doesn't care about Dominic Toretto and that the character's an afterthought. And that's all right. I think he's an afterthought. That's, no listen. You are allowed to be wrong. He's by I far, accept you by far, for who you are. I think he's by far but that the, is the by weakest far character. and away <laughs> your dumbest take ever. There has never been a dumber take than that. I don't know if I'm there's al- never been a dumber take. Nico, I hate to say it. I don't know if I'm alone with that. I don't think a lot of people particularly care about Vin Diesel. I think he's 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 he looks like a thumb. He uh, is <laughs> this franchise. He is this franchise. Yeah, sure, sure. Now, if you don't like the franchise because you don't like him, whatever. But to say that he's phoning in the performance? <laughs> I don't know, fucking man. Fucking no. He got a giant scar down his fucking arm because of a stunt that he did trying to okay. hijack that train. I could I could point to the behind-the-scenes stuff and be impressed by it, but the final result feels like he's phoning it he's in. He's been actively campaigning for this movie to get Best Picture every year. <laughs> And the studio is not with him. Like, the studio doesn't launch the four-year consideration uh, campaign. It is an FYC campaign of one. My, my, He's the only guy campaigning yeah, for this Yeah, that's thing. fine. My point still stands, He though. loves He's, these movies, and he loves that character. There's no question about no, that. No, that's fine. But my point is, is that he's still the weakest character in the movie. False. Yes. No, not false. False. It's not false. I don't... Like, really? Me familia. Dude, when he fucking extends the arms out against like the thug in Rio de Janeiro and it like mimics that statue of like <laughs> come on bro it's this- that Brazilian statue uh, on the mountaintop, I, I just think he's, he's got nothing, man. Iconic. He's got. He's iconic. iconic. He's an iconic American figure. He's an. He's an in I- Rio de Janeiro doing that. He's an. He is an iconic. He just stole it from Rio. It's iconic. No, the statue stole it from him. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I totally forgot. They made it in his. Yeah. Where's Vin Diesel on Mount Rushmore? Kind of like Rocky. It's the same thing, you know. <laughs> I love Rocky. This is this is kind of my point. Rocky is charming and lovable, even in Rocky Five. Yeah. Uh, and Vin Diesel is carrying on that legacy with this franchise. Is the performance very- as good as Sly Stallone? Of course not. No. But- of obviously not. I don't see any semblance of charisma. The in Rock Diesel. is doing I, what Schwarzenegger I, did. Yes. Yeah. And Diesel is doing what Stallone did. Right? No. That's the comp. <laughs> There's no charm with Vin Diesel, though. That's the difference. I'm going to ignore that comment. It's just no char- slander. Why That's is it absolute slander? slander. I, don't, I don't think. There's no charm? Yes, I don't think there's any charm at all. I think he sucks in this. My brother will ride forever. Come on, my guy. No, yeah. Come on. No, I, and, and this this is also... I, I want you to watch Furious 7 and at the end of that movie, the Paul Walker scene. I've seen the Paul Walker scene. How can you say that man is not committed to this performance? How can you say it's an afterthought? 
I'll, I'll None just, of this is an afterthought. I will just tell him. Chronicles of Riddick is his fight. Yeah. That's his magnum opus? Is that what you're saying? His best performance is probably him in Pitch Black. Yeah. Goodness gracious. And it's not even close. Goodness gracious. Like, like Riddick is at least like fun and unpredictable and like like smarmy. And I just enjoy seeing him. At, in, at in least say Boiler scene. Room. At least say Boiler Room. <laughs> like, if you're going to, which is false, but at least if you're going to say his best performance, at least say Boiler Room. Saving Private Ryan. Pretty good in Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, he's good in that. He's good. Yeah, he's yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's end it in agreement so we don't keep doing this. <laughs> let's end right there. Super tired and let's end. Let's end right. Let's <laughs> end sorry. it. Let's end I'm it. sorry, Nico. I'm sorry. I'm, let's end, look, history will not look on you kindly. I don't I don't think I'm alone on this take. I don't think history will not look on you kindly. A lot of people are, are keen on Vin Diesel. Yeah, I would uh, encourage you to check some Reddit forums oh. and, and see what the people are saying about Vin Diesel. Yeah, these are these are you're a little out of touch, I think, in your ivory tower. I think you're a little out of touch if you're relying solely on Reddit. Come slum <laughs> with the peasants. Come <laughs> slum with the peasants and understand that Vin Diesel is a is an American treasure and should be treated as such. This is the most ironic thing I've ever. Moving heard. on. <laughs> Not good, man. The girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, now he's going to be mad and rip me a new asshole. I will. <laughs> Directed by David Fincher. Written by Steve Zalian. Yeah. Starring Daniel Craig, Rooney Mara, Christopher Plummer, Robin Wright, and Stellan Skarsgård. Winner of Best Film Editing at the Academy Awards. Also nominated for Lead Actress, Cinematography, Sound Mixing, and Sound Editing. Journalist Mikkel Blumvist. Blumkist. Is- whatever is aided in this search for a woman who has been missing for 40 years by Elizabeth Salander, a young computer hacker. I'm sorry that Vin Diesel doesn't anally rape anyone in <laughs> fast five or else he would have enjoyed the movie more. I'm, I'm sorry that no metallic dildos are present. This in is fast a short, five. Well, this really is a shortcoming because that is the only way you can deliver a committed performance. Plenty of is opportunities it, to use it in Fast Five, but did they do it? No, I don't think so. No, I, I'm I I'm very I'm 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 sorry because <laughs> that apparently is your definition of committed. <laughs> Look, I haven't seen this movie since 2011. So really? I, I, yeah, I I probably should have watched it again. I I spent the time rewatching Contagion, and um, that was probably not a good choice. But I I I uh, I did dragon tattoo when it came out and uh i was a big fincher fan i guess as a lot of people of that age often are and um i was like yeah this is a step too far it's just, oh it just went too far for it, it's just too much like the opening sequence is incredible and that cover of immigrant song Beautiful. is is gorgeous amazing and uh trent and atticus just knock it out of the Fucking park with this score it. They, they kill it and yeah i think fincher does everything right i don't think he does anything wrong given the material um, but it's just too gothic and it's it, it's too grimy and it's oh. too dark and um, I acknowledge it as a masterfully made movie and I even acknowledge like the Rudy Mara performance as being really good and the Daniel Craig performance as being really good. Yep. Um, but it's just tough. It's a tough watch for me. I just have a hard time with stuff like this. This one fluctuates a lot for me in my Fincher rankings. I go from like being like because I, I adore everything about this movie. There's not I've seen it. I think. Uh, there's only one, funny enough, there might only be one other movie on this list that I've seen more, mm. and you'll be surprised to know no, I, which I, one that is. I won't be surprised. Um, yeah, no, uh, I I think the movie is actually more accessible than you're giving it credit for, because okay. a lot of people love this movie for some reason. Did well. Yeah, well, I mean, did well enough for a movie of its kind. I mean, it made like, what is it, like $230 million? Didn't do well here, but it, it did well overseas with like Swedish audiences. Most R-rated movies of this length 
you know, get to like that $200 million range anyway. So yeah, I wasn't really surprised by that popular source material at the time. Right. Uh, I've read the book too and it's very good. Uh, and this is a great, have you seen all the Swedish movies? I've seen the first one. Okay. Um, I actually like this movie better. Okay. Yep. Um, it's a good adaptation and a good way of like handling the, 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 the text while also like getting rid of what obviously didn't work in the book and shifting it and around in a way that was actually clever and unpredictable. I, I love pretty much all the changes they made, but we're not talking about the book. Um, yeah, Fincher's direction is just so on point here and so much fun to watch, and the editing is remarkable. And I mean, I, I, it's, it's. I think going into this, I would have expected to not be able to get Daniel Craig out of my head, out of my head as James Bond, but I think he does a good job at inhabiting a vulnerable character in this. Surprisingly, I think it works in a lot of ways. Here. Yeah. No, I actually think like the James Bondness of it, I think is it's like a really nice contrast. Well, because I don't think he's a capable hero at all. He's kind of a a, a fool most of the way through. Which, yeah. Which you know, I guess reflects that character. Um, the, the character he's supposed to be playing is supposed to be that. But I think when I heard that he was playing it, I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of weird. Uh, but he does a pretty good job at, at inhabiting those shoes and being comedic enough when he needs to be comedic, honestly. Mm. Um, Not a ton of laughs in this movie. I laugh a lot when he goes into the, the, the bathtub and he's been skimmed in the head and he's just like, can we just use tape to seal it? She's like, no. And then she's like healing him with the fucking, uh, um, what is it? The, the floss. Jesus Christ. I love that. And he's yeah, like, real bundle of laughs. Like, you're not same. a doctor. Real yeah. bundle of laughs. <laughs> it is funny. And then the sex scene that follows is kind of nice and funny as well. And he's like, what's yes? going on? Yeah. <laughs> you think that sex scene is funny? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, yeah, dude. It's it's the kind of movie that like parents love. My parents have seen this. What? Movie, have seen this movie more than me. Okay, it's a movie your parents love. No, my parents... This is not a movie that a lot of parents love. Why are you comparing my... (laughs) The girl with the dragon tattoo? South Park did an episode committing to why, like, like people our parents' age love this shit. The girl with the dragon tattoo? Yes. They just love weird, edgy, like, like, dark, twisted, like, crime thrillers like this. I don't know why. Is this a real thing? Yes. Or is this just you're using anecdotal evidence? They did a episode of South Park <laughs> devoted to exactly this thing. <laughs> if you want to look that up, yes. The girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah, it just seems like a lot of people, like my parents' age, love it. And maybe that's because they read the book. I don't know. But um, yeah, it certainly has found its niche. Um, I Again, I just love it as a as a really dark and, and twisty and exciting crime thriller so i mean i don't know i'm okay with that what are you looking at girl with the dragon tattoo south park oh no 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 it's not specifically uh the girl with the dragon tattoo it's more like uh crime shows you have to look up like yeah like fucking ncis yeah no 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 like 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 forensic files yes the guy comes in and like disembowels the girl kind of shit yes that's what i'm referring to. no parents love crime shows that is correct yes yeah, and they parents lo- also love Ray Donovan. I'm t- <laughs> I'm my t- parents love Ray Donovan. That's an Nico. actual one that I've heard. Many parents watch Ray Donovan Nico, and talk not, to each other I'm about Ray Donovan. I'm not talking about NCIS. I'm talking about like the dark, disert- disturbed nonsense. Yes. <laughs> this is not a novel thing. You're on another one today. No, dude. I'm not. You're on another one. Where is this coming from? Everywhere. <laughs> what is happening right I, now? Like the fall. That's another good one. With Jamie Dornan, that yeah, a, that the, a lot, the fucking yeah, that's exactly the, like this. It's exactly like this. 
I don't. I real. I feel like I'm talking another language today. No, I think you're out of. What's t- happening? I think you're Vin out. Vin Diesel of- doesn't care about Fast Five, and the girl with the dragon tattoo is a movie parents like. Yes, I think you're out of touch. What? What is happening? I don't know what to tell the you. The movie about that where the the fucking the. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. The man. sexually abused goth chick, yes, <laughs> who gets revenge on her rapist by annually raping him and 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 tattooing rapist on his body. Yes, that happens in the movie. Jiggle the microphone. You're breaking. Oh, it I broke bit. it a lot. Sorry. Yes, I, I no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, and, I'm sorry and to tell the, you this. The fucking Nazi <laughs> serial killer who like. <laughs> What are you talking about? I don't know what to tell Listen, you, man. I, no, I, I understand why a certain subsection of film nerd would under, like this movie and why guys like you would like this movie. I, told, sh- I get it. I'm not even sure the film nerds are crazy about this one, though. And that's part of, my, part of the, the more interesting conversation around it is that it feels like a slightly more forgotten Fincher film, honestly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel like Gone Girl definitely took the reins, which I, I, I don't. I mean, I like Gone Girl a lot, but I think this is actually a lot better. I, I agree with you. But yeah, you're 100% right that Gone Girl has sort of taken over yeah. as the Fincher movie of like the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm very confused. I, 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 you apparently just... Maybe I haven't seen the movie in, in a while, and that's yeah, why. I, I also just don't think it's as like hard to... Because I think it's... I've seen the movie a, a lot. I mean, it is a pretty traditional, like, Agatha Christie mystery. Yeah. In, like, you're on an island, and one of these people is the killer. Yeah. You know, but the approach is just so bleak. I think it just comes down to that one, those those rape scenes, and there's only two of them, <laughs> and it's not the whole movie. Oh, like, only two. The movie's two and a half hours long. There is about, I don't know, like, three to five minutes of those horrible scenes to watch. But honestly, dude, like, does this really bother you now with all the shit that you've seen? No, it... it it doesn't necessarily bother me, but I, I don't think of it as particularly accessible or rewatchable. Whereas I, I don't know if I agree with that at all. I find yeah. most of Fincher's movies pretty rewatchable. I think that's something you can say about all of them, even if he sometimes does. Like even Seven is an incredibly bleak movie, but Seven still has, uh, first of all, enough comedy in it to carry you through. Like I, there, there is nothing as funny in this movie as Arlie Ermery or Emery, like, just picking up the fucking phone and going, this is not my desk. This is not up. my desk, yeah. That is good stuff. <laughs> this is not my desk. Yeah, I, the, but the movie's, like, general, like, like I hate to say it, dude, but, like, the humanity with the characters is as bad as some of them are. Uh, like, just seeing Blomquist, like, like talk to Vanger, and then uh, uh, Christopher Plummer's role in this as sort of, like, a counterbalance to that. Like, they're just nice presences, presences in the movie. Everyone in this, every, every single person in this movie is just kind of, like, like a joy, whether they're in a big part or a little part. I don't know. I just kind of like like everyone in the movie, and um, I don't I don't know what to say. I actually think it's like pretty accessible. <laughs> okay. I, I I like I I don't know. It's not a movie that I've ever had trouble watching. Okay. And it's not a movie that a lot of like I I hear a lot of people say that they have trouble watching. Maybe and I, I, honestly, and here's part of my point is that I think a lot of people are just stigmatized to this kind of stuff nowadays. Yeah, to me, this isn't even close to like the worst stuff you'll even find on Netflix. I, so. I and I don't mean to say that it's exploitative or that it's like crossing no. a line or anything. I'm not going to say that or that it's like disturbing. A wa- I'm, I'm not saying that. I just think I'm not a fucking emo goth guy. I don't know. Like I, I just is don't find just, I don't it, find this aesthetic to be particularly appealing. That's all, but that's me. It's Fincher's aesthetic though. Like it's very this is a this is the most like purely Fincher film sure. we've gotten in years. Like yeah. by by a mile. Is it just Lisbeth? 
Um, Let me ask you a question. No, no, I don't think it is. If it was normal fucking Kate Mara in the role, would that change everything? (laughs) I think it would. (laughs) I think it would. (laughs) If they swapped out Mara's sisters? Yeah. That's my problem. Get the look of her from House of Cards and just boom, that's Lizbeth for no reason. I love Kate Mara. There you go. I love her. Because <laughs> it's the, but, uh, no, it's the I, same I look and aesthetic, honestly, as House of Cards in a lot of ways, dude. They're very gothic and, and just sort of their mood and, sure. and vibe. Yeah, but and the way House of Cards is cheeky, though. Yes. Like, House true. of Cards is soap opera, whereas yeah. this is like pretty bleak and pretty real and raw. Yeah. You know? It's it's not lacking with like like kind of uppity moments. I love like the scenes when uh, Daniel Craig's just trying to feed his cat. You know, there's just like little yeah, or the scene where his cat shows up to his front door, yes, disemboweled, and, the, and in that's terrible. Pieces. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh sure, a lot of a lot of, a lot of levity in this yeah. one. No, I honestly think there is. Like when Elizabeth shows up and she's just kind of orchestrating everything. It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> There's there's not, there's a lot of like little sweet touches here and there. It does again. It's not. I, I'm not calling it a sweet film, but right. There there are plenty like there. Are, put it this way: there are more softer moments that I think you're giving it credit for. Yeah, you, my friend, are becoming an edge edge lord today. An edge lord, and I just want to tell you of these new developments in your life. Oh, get ready Wait. and just prepare for what is. It's a tough life, the life of oh. an edge lord. <laughs> and ed, what the hell is an edge lord? It's someone that goes right to the edge of their opinions. Right to the edge. It's just <laughs> why do you have a title? Inflammatory, have a-, a provocateur. Let's say. Oh, that. why? Why do you have a title for this? And you're not a provocateur. <laughs> Certainly, but I'm just letting you know. <laughs> just telling you that I've been there, and oh. that this is a very dangerous and lonely path. <laughs> it's a lonely path. There are not many friends down this road, Nico. Honestly, I think you're out of touch with this movie. There, there are not I, many friends, and I'm not kidding. I think you're out of touch with the girl with the dragon tattoo. I'm not kidding. You need to watch it again. I do. No, no doubt. I need to watch it again. Um, but I, I think it's a good movie. I like it. I think it's a good I think movie. It's a great. Movie. I think it's a good movie. Really and, great movie. And I like almost the, the movie doesn't live up to the promises of that title sequence in many ways because that title sequence is the best. It is really great. Yeah, it's yeah. the best title sequence I've ever seen ever. I would actually kind of agree with that. Yeah, um, I think. But like, but I also like the, the fact that they use the immigrant song is uh it, it, it kind of also. It, I didn't realize this when I saw it. Only afterwards, I'm like, oh yeah, it's kind of a movie about immigrants and kind about of, yeah. how you know the the sort of post World War II stigma towards Jews and you know how Nazism lingers and how fascism lingers and it works. You know, it, it really does Co- work. Coincidentally, though, Fincher was just listening to it in his car and he's like, "Yo, Trent, right. can you get a cover of this?" He's like, "Really? You want a cover of that?" He's like, "Oh yeah." He actually just stumbled on that. See that yep. I don't believe because yep. like Fincher's so meticulous with this stuff. Yep. It's a good like behind the scenes story of him just being like, I'm just listening to stuff in my car because I couldn't figure out the title sequence. And then I just heard it. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a movie about a guy that yeah. like murders Jews, though. <laughs> like, you know, I, like, women, it, it not, does murders women who some Jewish of which, women, some of which are Jews. Yeah. You know, was I don't you know, the, the whole thing is more about Harriet. But, you know. Yeah. Well, that particular disappearance. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, it's OK. You get my drift. Good does movie. he kill s- exclusively Jews? I thought so. Yeah, at first. Well, yeah. He's, he's, there's Nazis in the family. I don't know if he is specifically is killing only Jewish women. I mean, uh, um, I'm trying to remember the Bible names, you know, because he because he kills women with with names from the Bible. Oh, that's right. So, I thought it was Jewish, but maybe not. Maybe there, that there, was like a red herring. At there first. isn't. Well, there is an overtone of like 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 
sort of like social unrest and and just hatred towards the Jews. It's it just it's more so to me like a backdrop to paint the scene, which is very fitting given right. what the movie's about. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if he was killing just Jewish women though. Okay. I mean, I may need to rewatch it myself. Uh, okay. Also, the scene where uh, um, Stellan Skarsgård takes uh, Daniel Craig hostage in the music that plays is just like, oh, again, that is an example of of a scene that is both really funny because of the mu- the music, but really fucking unsettling. Oh my god! Oh my god! A lot of great scores on this yeah. list. A lot. It's not the last time I'm going to be praising some scores, but of course, Trent and Atticus are always mm-hmm. knocking it out of the park. Yeah. All right, moving on. Moneyball. Yeah. Directed by Bennett Miller, written by also Steve Zalian yeah. and Aaron Sorkin. Steve Zalian, getting work in 2011. Right. Also, this was supposed to be directed by Soderbergh initially. Did you know that? Yeah, it works. It yeah. fits. Yeah. Starring Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Robin Wright, and Chris Pratt. Nominated for Best Picture, Actor, Supporting Actor, Film Editing, Sound Mixing, and Adapted Screenplay. Did not win a single one. Mm-hmm. Uh, thievery that Brad Pitt is not there, frankly, but... Uh, whatever oh goodness are we gonna do this again yes we are i really (laughs) yeah we are (laughs) i didn't want to say anything but yeah we're gonna get there (laughs) three movies in a row baby (laughs) what is happening today if you hated hugo (laughs) wow this is gonna be something in a second um (laughs) Nico, let me ask you. You don't like Brad Pitt in this movie? Let me ask you a quick question. Well, hold on. Oakland A's general manager <laughs> Billy Bean's successful attempt to assemble a baseball team on a lean budget by employing computer generated analysis to acquire new players. Okay, what? Brad Pitt is good in this movie. Yeah. Jonah Hill is good in this movie. Yeah. The writing's good in this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, the cinematography is good. Uh, the direction's good. You know, the, everything good. Mm. Where does this rank on your uh, um, top 100 list of the decade? Because <laughs> I think this is absurd. <laughs> oh, I think the better question would be, where does it rank all time? <laughs> where does it rank on your list? It was number eight on my, okay. on my best exactly. decade okay. list. Okay, Nico, I'm convinced you are what? the biggest... Like I, I, I'm not saying it doesn't belong on a list like that, uh-huh. but that's crazy. That's amazingly high. Why? And I think you're the biggest proponent of this movie that I know. Yeah, probably. Like by a mile, because yeah. I think most people. It's like one of my favorite movies ever made. Yeah, I think most people would watch this movie and be like, "Yeah, that was fun," but they're it, not putting it in their top ten. <laughs> I have seen it so many times. <laughs> no, I like them. Okay, and I'm not what? coming down on Moneyball. I like it a lot. It's uh-huh. a lot of fun. It's it's perfectly enjoyable. Yeah, but it is the kind of film that it, it feels like it was made for the Oscars in a way. Um, also feels like the type of movie that your teacher throws on in class when she's bored and she doesn't want to teach her students. That's why I'm comparing it to The Help. <laughs> I I think the movie... <laughs> this is bad. I think the movie is... <laughs> this podcast is about to break out into civil I, war. <laughs> I think it's by far, even next to Fast Five, probably the most disposable movie on this list. That is fucking crazy i I hate to be i I hate doing fucking insane i hate doing this but because i like the movie but my issue is that like i watch i can't wait to get to hugo i I can't wait to get to Hugo. but i i watch this movie i watch this movie and i'm just like everything about it is like perfectly 
like good and okay like but nothing is impressive about it not even the script in my opinion yeah even though like if i were to be like like academic about it and sit with a script i could probably like like marvel at the fact that it makes baseball statistics fun which is a- beyond fun yeah no, it's beyond fun. Well, the, the, this is my point. Like the, the difference between something like this and like Zodiac, interestingly enough. Um, I watch Zodiac and I can't stop thinking about it and I have to go and research everything about the case. But when I'm done watching Moneyball, I'm in and out and I don't think about it ever again. Yeah, you're not a sports guy, but that's okay. I don't think many people are going to do that, dude. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I understand. Yeah. Like- it's a movie about sabermetrics. It's for you. No, but that is I, like I, I, I. It's hard to communicate exactly what a stupid idea for a movie that is. No, and I agree. Do with you know that what too. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it is impossible to make a movie <laughs> about the rise of sabermetrics. About the the about fucking come on, yeah. About like ERA and WHIP and like on base percentage and OPS and like. That's not cinematic in any way, shape, or form. And this is not cinematic. The movie, that's, the, that's part the, of my the, the movie climaxes with the trading of a of like a left-handed specialist yeah. relief pitcher that no one's ever heard of, like Ricardo Rincon getting traded. <laughs> is the, and it's like the most thrilling thing in the movie. Like, but but like I, like I, I I don't understand what you're not seeing here. It is impossible to make a movie like that good, and they made it great. I mean, come on like it's not it, that good <laughs> it was it is impossible to make a movie like this compelling to a to a, a, a national make, audience to a four quadrant audience you can make a movie about anything as far as i'm concerned certainly i don't care um yeah, but some movies are harder to make than others and this one is incredibly hard to make and they and, made a film with the subject matter and pink flamingos and technically that's a great film <laughs> it's a very important movie whether you want to admit it or not you know, but what the hell is that movie about? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't really know what that analogy is. You know is. I'm right. I'm not really sure what that analogy my, my, means. My point is they could make a movie about literally anything as, as outrageous yeah, sure or, 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 or mundane as it may appear. Precisely. It's, it's not, but, but some it's are not harder the, to communicate on screen than others. And Moneyball is able to communicate something. It never felt like the most impossible thing to me. When I watched it, it kind of made sense. I don't know. Co- correct. Because yeah. the script is so effortless that, that no, sure. that's entirely my point. So if you have spent any, and look, you haven't, and that's cool. Most people shouldn't. If you have <laughs> spent time with baseball nerds mm-hmm. at all in your life and discussed advanced analytics and saber metric and salary cap and like the ins and outs of the front office of the Oakland A's, you would want to kill yourself. It's really niche. It's really in the weeds. Yeah. It's nerdy as hell. Like it's the same. When you fucking discuss, like the ins and outs of the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, and like and you know what, and you not get, hard to discuss <laughs> when you get into it. Or pick the nerdiest, you know, pick the nerdiest thing when you discuss F stuff. Blade Runner, no, whatever. When you get into the the minutia of that subject matter, it, it is way worse with baseball nerds. Like it is a hole that you cannot dig yourself out of. And once you've gotten in, like, and once you've made enough spreadsheets, forget about it. Um. There's nothing inherently cinematic about that. There's nothing inherently cinematic about a manager putting together a team of misfits that makes the ALCS and then gets knocked out. Like they didn't even win the World Series in this. It's like they are. It, it wasn't even the ALCS. Like they won and the, they lost in the second round in Game Five of the second round of the the uh, the playoffs and didn't win a World Series. Um, so like it's not Rudy. 
It's not no. Karate Kid. It's not like not even the Bad News Bears. Like really, this is a movie about stats and a movie about innovation yep. and a movie about pushing a, a an occupation forward in a daring way and going against the grain and. But at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of dudes in suits hanging out in a clubhouse. Sure. You know, it's about like the biggest conflict is, you know, with the manager of the team is like, you know, I don't I don't like this lineup. I'm going to make my own lineup. Yeah. OK. What's again? What's your point? <laughs> my point is it's a marvel of filmmaking. It really is. <laughs> no. It's a marvel of screenwriting and it's a marvel of filmmaking. And it's one of the most entertaining movies I've ever seen. I watch it so often. It's so goddamn quotable. That scene where he's throwing up the names on the board and he's like, does he get on base? And he points at Jonah Hill. What are we looking for? Gets on base. <laughs> Amazing stuff. When they're talking about the prospect, it's like, you know, the, uh, the, <laughs> when Billy Bean loves this prospect and one of the scouts is like he lacks confidence his girlfriend's a five at best bro like this is such great sorkin screenwriting i think it's actually you can argue is one of sorkin's best scripts like maybe it's not as good as social network but i think it's pretty damn close what he's able to do here um and it's because there's so many heavy hitters in this writer's room it went through three different drafts and every time it got better brad pitt is uh just a movie star in this movie and should have won the Oscar. And especially when you look at that list, who he was running against, it's not even close. <laughs> who should have won that year? Who are the nominees? The guy from the artist. Okay. The guy that you never heard of from a movie you've never seen. Damien Bichar Clooney for descendants and Gary Oldman for Tinker Taylor. Uh, yeah. Give it to Gary Oldman. It's yeah. He's fine in that. He's good. That movie's good. Do you like that movie? Mm, it's okay. I think it's a little dull, but it's all right. Yeah. He's great. He's fucking great in this movie. I still think it's kind of forgettable. <laughs> I don't know. I think a lot of the stuff you just said is like, it's it's fine, dude. They do as best they, as they can with what they've got. But man, this doesn't leave any impression. It's, it's a, it is a perfectly, it's like the, the definition of accessible. This is as accessible as you can get. No, but it's not, but no, no, but but this is what you failed to recognize. This is exactly my point though, is that it's going out of its way to be as accessible as possible for the subject. No, 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 it is. No, no. Yes, it is. No. Yes, they, it is. At no point do they talk down to the audience here. At no point is it Adam McKay you don't think they have bringing to Margot Robbie in a bathtub, yeah. being like, this is what a short is. Sure. You know, this is what an IPO is. Like, and at no point does the I'm movie ta- do that. I'm not talking about whether or not they're going out of their way to do it. I'm just saying the final result is as accessible as you could possibly no, get. You said they're going out of their way to explain these things and dumb it no, down no, to no. the audience. I and that's I, not, I didn't say dumb it, it down. That, I, that is what you said. I did it's not what say, you implied. No, I just said they're going out of their way to make an accessible movie because there's no other exactly no, but that's what i'm saying what did you want though like what movie would you, what did you, did you want a movie where it's just jonah hill staring at spreadsheets <laughs> no. cinema verite style no. like like what were you looking for it's not even just like the way they talk about the subject matter it's just like the the handling of the story and everything uh, with the technical elements to the performances mostly it's the writing mostly it's the the use of dialogue which is very good but it's not particularly accessible that climax billy bean's not even in the stadium so what he's in the car listening to the thing on the radio like it's not it's traditional the- sports movie you wouldn't you wouldn't call that scene some out of a uh, karate kid it feels very formulaic to me i i, I mean like who am i talking to i don't i who don't are you i don't who is this person are you doing opposite george no is that your, 
Is that your New Year's resolution? I I, t- I said the movie's good, but it's like like I said, I think it's very like obvious and like I said, the kind of I sort of see everything coming. Uh, I, I think the approach is, you know, like, like handled with care, but I sort of watch it and I'm like, yeah, it's, it, it was made for like, like the masses and it does a good job at that, but I'm not like blown away by it. I don't w- come out of this film with like my eyes open wide and amazement. I just come out of it like, yeah, okay, I get it. And that was fun. Maybe I'll watch it again. But like, like, dude, I it's, I could throw it away. It, w- it wouldn't change my life. I don't know. But if this movie never existed, it wouldn't really like upset me, you know. <laughs> it's good. You're just making shit up today. I'm not. Which is fine. Shit. It's okay. It's all right that you're making shit up, and it's all right that you have embraced this new sorry, role as Take Lord, and that's great. Why can't you? Ex- that's great for you because nothing you just said made sense. Why can't you accept? Because you didn't know. You didn't. It, I'm not accepting a lie. It's, it's not, not true. A lie. There's nothing. You're <laughs> making shit up today. Okay. You are making it up. It's a fine movie. It's it. That's it. It's just fine. It's not doing anything How remarkable. How can you say that this was in any way like formulaic or or like or or dumbed down for audiences? Like this is a movie or that you saw it coming. Like this is a yeah. movie about the minutia of a of a baseball clubhouse. There's never been a movie like this before. This truly, you've never seen this story before. You've never seen a sports movie like this before. I've seen the handling and like the the beats of the story that feel very familiar to me. I don't know. I don't care what the story is like literally about. Again, like I keep coming back to this. Just how does it, how does it feel? Like what are the emotional moments that they're going for? And yeah, it relates to a lot of sports movies I've seen. You know, I'm glad you didn't make the argument. Oh, they lost in the end. Like it's, that's not, no, it's not, that's not not new territory, but fine. But it's, it's not even close to the point. No, I know. Loss is not even close to the point. It's about being able to push the field forward and like, showing courage in the face of like the old guard and yeah it's, was, you know i mean i don't know that's not really sports movie territory you know it's not i i don't know man i don't know I, like the, again the climax of the movie is billy bean getting a job offer with another team and turning it down like yeah. because he loves that team so much. there's nothing because my heart is in that team not the red Sox. that's yeah. not what happened in that team but that's okay yeah it is <laughs> It's it's fine. Billy Bean, by the way, now works for the Red Sox. Oh, there you go. The, <laughs> well, that is, makes this movie for, for the record. Oh no. Um. Okay. I I, I don't know. I, just, what, I, I don't know what else to say. About I don't this. know. I, I I I adore it so much. I don't know what to praise movie. about it. Is it's, the thing. It's one of the most. It's an important movie for me. It really is for you. Sure. It's but, it's it's important, and I I think just like a technical marvel on so many levels. On what level is it a technical marvel? screenwriting and acting and directing what else not on directing directing's fine there's nothing like great about the directing the 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 performances are i wouldn't even describe as like technicals per se uh the screenwriting is dude what, what's so great about these performances they're they're serviceable they're good but they're not like amazing brad pitt is even 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 close to his best performance that came out in this decade not i mean jesus no i guess he didn't show his dick or eat out <laughs> eat out some hooker or he didn't, didn't need to do that i you know, didn't do any of <laughs> but those ta- things but he could take off his shirt at once upon a time in hollywood and boom there you go yeah you know it's just, <laughs> I, I i understand like you consider you know great performances you have to go there but there is such a thing as a movie star and in this case like yeah. he does the movie star thing better than anybody it's a little forgettable it's a little for- a little forgettable it's fine Best line, the best moment for me is when, uh, like, oh, you never played first base? Well, 
It's not that hard. Tell him. It's incredible. It's incredibly hard. hard. Best, best part of the movie. <laughs> Hugo! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I really did not expect this today. Yeah. I really, I didn't see it. Sometimes I see this coming. I didn't oh, see no. it coming today. <laughs> Directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Aza Butterfield, Ben Kingsley, Sasha Baron Cohen, Chloe Grace Moretz, Christopher Lee, Michael Stuhlberg, and Jude Law. Winner. A best cinematography, sound mixing, sound editing, visual effects, and art direction. Oh. Cleaned up the technical Oscar. Was also nominated for best picture, director, adapted screenplay, film editing, costume design, and original score. Probably should have won a couple of those. It needed more? You think it needed more? Yeah, yeah, actually. In 1931 Paris, an orphan living in the walls of a train station gets wrapped up in a mystery involving his late father and an Ottoman automaton. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, watched this movie for the first time. Hadn't seen it. Oh, boy. Why hadn't you seen it? I don't have a good answer for you. Uh. I I don't know if it was lack of interest or... I don't know. One of those movies that slipped under the radar, but you have been singing the praises of for many years and have been encouraging me me to watch it for many years. It's one of my favorite Scorsese films, but uh, I recognize, like, if... (laughs) Because I know you, Mm. like... I, I could see you coming out of this film and being like, why did Scorsese want to make this movie? I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> why is it your favorite Scorsese or one of your favorite Scorsese films? Well, I mean, it's sort of like Scorsese's love letter to film in many ways. And that just, Oh, this was the love letter. To film. Yeah. That's, that's always going to resonate with me. Like it's a film about being not, not his entire career. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's sort of just a joyous journey that's sort of like equal parts. Like it's 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 placed in a real world, but it feels like something out of a picture book, and it's incredibly fantastical. It's a movie that is just gleaming with like like mood and setting, and just these lively characters that I just love spending time with. I just kind of love that world. I love the 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 believability of this little kid being in a clock tower and living his whole life there and trying to make ends meet. And they definitely do the work at establishing his his life there and the way he interacts with people, the way he steals food, the way he'll just go to the library and, and take things for his for his benefit and things that are very informative for his character. Uh, and it's just like a fun, interesting journey about like kind of rediscovery. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm sort of a sucker for this. Uh, it's one of Scorsese's most beautiful looking films. It's, uh, his first, I think it's his first digital film. I want to say it's his first digital, but he uses it to, uh, pretty, uh, incredible effect. Um, Departed was it digital? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. I'll look that up, but keep going. I don't think so. Okay. Maybe this was the first one he shot in 3D or IMAX. Uh, I don't fucking know. No, it definitely was the first 3D. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, he hasn't done 3D since, right? I don't think so. I don't I don't think silence was like... <laughs> oh, <laughs> the when, crucifix was when popping the, out at When you. the water was hitting you, when you were like tied up to those crosses. <laughs> oh, yes. So immersive. So great. <laughs> when that guy got his head cut off. Oh, boy. Uh, mm. Uh, also just feels like something like Scorsese has wanted to do for a very, very long time. It feels like he's like kind of trying to get in touch with his his younger self and sort of like why he came into film in the first place, sort of hearkening back to his love for uh, certain people like Chaplin, but most obviously George Miliace and a little bit of Buster Keaton. And uh, 
it, like, I think a lot of filmmakers, when they attempt something like this, fail miserably. But somehow Scorsese manages to do it kind of flawlessly by blending those that sort of childlike whimsy with like the 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 knowledge that only an old man would have. Um, was the first digital movie, by the way. Was okay. Well, there you go. And um, like I, I look at these movies, and I'm like, yeah, you know, Spielberg has done quote unquote kids films uh, since. Um, you know, since everything, you know, since, uh, in the 2010s and whatnot. I mean, I guess I would quantify. Since the beginning, though. Yeah, he's always been doing kids' films. And he's kind of a kids' filmmaker. Yeah, no. Spielberg, right? Yeah, I would, ag- I would agree. And I, I th- it's funny. Like, you look at what he's doing now, and it's like, I guess it's fine. It's whatever. But I don't, I, it, it's weird. Even the, the, the one time Scorsese makes what I guess you could call a kids' film, he, like, pulls it off with flying colors, and it makes a tremendous impression, and it's the type of thing that, kids would see and just be like wow like like this was the the most sweeping thing i've ever seen yeah yeah, yeah. and uh i think it's like it's it it's it's wonderful it's sort of like one of those movies that reminds me of um, a straight story where it's like oh yeah like this guy can do whatever he wants and it'll it'll still be good so uh but i get i'm 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 guessing <laughs> you didn't like it <laughs> It's not that I didn't like it. I mean, I I think uh, the Scorsese-ness of it all was refreshing from time to time. Like, oh, yeah. There are just a couple choices that he made with the camera or the shoemaker cuts or whatever that oh, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm watching a Scorsese movie. And that was nice because a lot of times I, I was sort of drifting uh, out and in of that. You know, it was like. I'm just watching a sort of disposable children's movie and then, oh, wait, the greatest director of all time made this and now we're drifting back here and then, oh, cool, <laughs> that's a cool, like, fucking crossfade. Uh, yeah, I just think it's kind of boring. Yeah. I just think it's a boring movie. That's fine. <laughs> I just, like, I, I, I here's where I disagree with you. I, I'm not sure, and I, I haven't tried it, but I am not sure I could show this to many kids and, and oh, you never had get it. You never had this shown to you in school? No, how, how did you did you, you didn't see it in three D, right? No, no, but like right around the time, like uh, man, it, we weren't kids. I, mean, I guess we were kids, but like junior year, not junior year, would have been senior year actually. They would just, exactly. It would be one of those movies that they would just show. To yeah, us I was too old for that shit by then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, no one disliked this movie, though. You know. Yeah, here's the, here's the problem. Like, th- it's a movie without much of a plot. Or conflict or anything. As Scorsese is prone to doing. As as he's prone to doing, which is <laughs> yep. cool when it's like mobsters hanging out okay, in their no, 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 in no, their no. mom's you, kitchen. Do you need it to always be a mobster movie? You've no, done, no. You've done this ab- be- no, certainly you've not. You've done this before with Shutter Island. I think Shutter Island's really good. Yeah, but Shutter Island is still a plotty movie, though. I guess, yeah. But like, it, it, I, are we coming back to this thing where it's like we want Scorsese to be doing these kinds of movies? What happens when he does them really, really, really well like this? <laughs> I, I, Are you not used to that? No, I don't think he gets it. I think he does flawlessly. I, I, I think it's a great th- movie. I don't think he gets it. I what think do you mean? <laughs> he makes a kid's movie from the perspective of himself as a kid, which is like, movies are cool. Sure. And I you just make, find that weak sauce. You make what you I know. think it's weak Certainly. And that yep. is his quote. Yep. I think it's weak sauce. Yep. I think like this entire movie with so much CGI to the point where it's getting a little annoying, frankly. So much CGI, so much stuff that's clearly intended for 3D. I think it's well incorporated given the way this the the production design sort of like like 
I guess, uh, adapts to what he's going for. It never feels like out of place or, or, or what, what am I trying to say? Um, uh, I, I hate it when I can't talk. <laughs> I'm never distracted by any of like the imagery that's sort of like quote unquote overblown or over the top. Like yeah. it, it feels very appropriate with everything that was set up in this movie. Um, so. okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. he does a lot of world building. There's a lot yeah. of it. He spends a lot of time doing it and I acknowledge that he does. And I, sort of understood the geography of that train station. And there's a lot of characters that he populates the scene with, and that's all well and good. And I appreciate some good world building, but (laughs) like, I just think we did a lot of work to be like the magic of the movies. Like that's that's where we're coming to for two hours. The mystery is uncompelling. It's just not, it's not compelling. I'm not really there with you. I I mean, (laughs) I think the character, nor was it much of a mystery, frankly, it's not supposed to be like this groundbreaking earth shattering thing. I mean, the whole thing is, is, is a little bit more contained than that anyway. I, but I do kind of love that. It's not that I love the fact that it focuses in on this thing that is a little easier to relate to and get attached to than something that's like, if we don't do this in time, then the entire station is going to fucking blow up. And London is like, like I didn't, I didn't need that. I wasn't looking for that. I was happy that it was something that the characters related to and connected to on a very, very human, level i'm not sure there were a ton of stakes for them though as small you can make the stakes small but at least give me stakes well the stakes were entirely at the end of the day was really about getting george Milliers to like fall in love with film again that's what it's really about yeah and to avoid the sasha baron cohen character the worst part of it is the sasha baron cohen it's awful it's bad it he's bad in the movie he's worse in trial of the chicago seven fair (laughs) enough i'll give you that one so but no he's he's bad he's annoying and there's a lot of this movie i just found kind of annoying i'll be honest with you it took me a couple sittings it did i put it on uh in between the news to break it up and i'm like hopefully this will be a nice escape and an hour in, I'm like, all right, let's see what's happening in DC. <laughs> like, that's how Maybe. bad my viewing experience of Hugo was. Yeah, that's a little different, I think, when you have the knowledge of what's going on in DC. You know? I don't know. No, all I wanted to do was escape to another world, and the world that I escaped to was like, oh, I'm sorry. Not the- enough capital buildings oh. burning down here. Like, that's <laughs> what happened. I don't know. I'm like, really? I'm going to Chloe Grace Moretz and Ozza Butterfield are just going to run around and, like, I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I also, I also found it like a, a, a little uh, ironic that it's a movie about the magic of practical effects and innovation and like the golden age of Hollywood and even earlier than that and like it's shot in three D and is overblown with CGI. So what? I, I think it's a little contradictory. Why? I don't know. They're tools to make movies. So what? It's because the, there's be, it's the same they think the same way of those exact things because that they it's had lazy them at the time. because it's lazy is it yeah what you, if it's art, artfully done which i think it is here you can feel that way all right you can feel that way <laughs> do you do you think many would disagree with me i i, I don't i don't know adam mm. i don't know who this survey of people I, I'm, is. I'm sorry dude <laughs> uh, i thought it was a little dull i'll be know. honest with you i thought it was a little dull and i thought like visually that first sequence is cool when he's running down the yeah. clock tower and like i understand okay this is why it won best cinematography and yeah okay great i i i mostly found these characters to be a little weak sauce and i really yeah i did and uh, i you didn't you didn't like the uh fucking ben kingsley or 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 Butterfield or Chloe, you know, I don't know. I thought they were great. <laughs> I don't understand yeah. um 
I thought they were charming as hell and very, very lovable. And I love that relationship between him and, and Chloe. I'm just exhausted today, Adam. I'm Michael, exhausted. Michael I'm exhausted from all of this. Michael Stuhlberg. I'm just exhausted. As the, frankly, as the I, film nerd. I'm it's frankly great. exhausted that you just went through a whole thing bashing Moneyball and how forgettable it was while praising fucking Hugo. This is a thousand while times more praising fucking Nico, Hugo. I hate to really bring you down like this, but they're they're not even remotely close in terms of memorability. <laughs> how Jesus Christ. They're not even rem- remotely close in terms of how much they stick with you. The- we're, we're not getting anything done today. And I apologize to the listeners of this podcast for what we've devolved into. I'd like to but see what I'd we, like to see a poll of which I, is the more memorable n- movie. None of this is productive. <laughs> none of this is productive. Why are you at all. bothering comparing Hugo? We're to not Moneyball. teaching anyone anything. No we're not informing the listening public. We're not learning about film in any way. I, we're I, not pushing the medium forward. No, we're not. We we're never, not doing good podcasting. We never are. It's a bad <laughs> podcasting. This is a bad podcast. And I'm ashamed. Fuck 2000. This is one of the worst <laughs> podcasts we've ever done. This is really bad. How could you look at Moneyball and then watch Stop. Hugo Stop. and think that that one's Cease more fire. memorable? Cease fire. How can you think Cease that's more fire. memorable? I'm waving the white flag right now. Just understand you think that Moneyball's boring. Fine. I think Hugo's fucking forgettable and I think it's pointless and I think it lacks so is any, Moneyball. any conflict or stakes <laughs> or, or any sort of meaningful forward thrust. So does Moneyball thrust. by comparison. It's got no meaningful <laughs> forward thrust. I think the characters are dull. I think Sasha Baron Cohen's annoying. Mm. I think there's too much CGI. I think Martin Scorsese should be doing better. It doesn't have to be a gangster movie. (laughs) Make silence. That's fine. Make silence. Make after hours. Whatever. Was Brad Pitt even in Moneyball? I don't remember. (laughs) Who was that guy? Does anybody remember? It's not a bad movie. It's just fucking dull, dude. It's just dull. Oh, and Bennett Miller's direction is not fucking dull in Moneyball. It's just <laughs> fucking dull. It's I would actually. I think Moneyball goes out of its fucking way to be dull if we're if we're really <laughs> attacking each other's movies. This is a bad podcast, yes, and I'm sorry, and I apologize. But Adam decided to be a take lord today, and that's it's cool. You're being a take lord with this, right? I thought I think one is so obviously better than the other in every way imaginable. <laughs> every single way the only thing i might give you a leg up on is the screenplay but even that i sort of shrug off it's not their best work no let robert rodriguez make this movie you know like just Mm. let him make forgettable children's movies i hate to say but however (sighs) robert rodriguez might might understand what children like more than what martin scorsese oh yeah uh, Martin Scorsese understands what children like. Mm. It's still a better movie than pretty much every movie Robert Rodriguez has made. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, it does that successfully <laughs> in getting those details right. I'm going to see that Shark Boy and Lava Girl sequel. Yeah, yeah I guess we all do. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Rodriguez doesn't have anywhere near the technical prowess to do anything in this movie. He just doesn't. I believe Martin Scorsese is one of the greatest directors that's ever walked the face of the planet. I believe he's our greatest living director. And this, yes. is, and this is amongst his top 10 best films. That is disrespectful. Right. It is correct. It's disrespectful. I, why is it disrespectful? You think he would be upset if I said that? <laughs> I don't think he would. I think he'd be like, oh, you got it. This or Thank After you. Hours? This. This or Aviator? This. This or Casino? Mm, this okay uh contagion is next <laughs> why was casino in that conversation let's turn this around i, uh, I understand after hours let's end this on a happy why, note why casino <laughs> the, the, 
that's not that is Scorsese doing Scorsese karaoke. <laughs> Directed by Steven Soderbergh. Oh yeah. Starring Gwyneth Paltrow, Matt Damon, Lawrence Fishburne, Jude Law, Marion Cotillard, Elliot Gould, Brian Cranston, and Kate Winslet. What a cast. <laughs> Healthcare professionals, government officials, and everyday people find themselves in the midst of a pandemic as the <laughs> CDC works to find a cure. Very, <laughs> All right. Very hard to relate to. Shake my head. We're calling a truce today. Okay. No, not with <laughs> your left. Shake my fucking hand. There we go. We're calling a truce. <laughs> We're going to leave that behind us. And we're now going to bond over our shared respect for a movie that we both like. We got to okay? stop doing that because I like all four of the movies that came before. And it sounds like you did, too. <laughs> yeah. No, I just think. Yeah. No, sure. <laughs> That's really annoying when that happens. Yeah. We can't just talk nicely about good movies. Okay. So Contagion, <laughs> oh, um, Contagion. is a movie that is now in the public consciousness again. Mm. Um, because we're living it. And uh, that doesn't happen that often. No. But it happened here. Yep. And uh, I hadn't watched it since 2011. I watched it two nights ago, and um, it was traumatic. Yeah. It was a traumatic thing. And uh, I don't think there's ever been a movie quite like that before. Like, there are simpsons episodes that like predict the score of the super bowl sure and you know you have something like the truman show which predicted reality television and that's you know it but even truman show it's like they didn't quite know what they were doing and they only sort of loosely got at big brother it's not no i was gonna say that is that that is the most fantastical idea of what reality television show really is correct and also the character's not aware at least for the the premise of the Truman show in the movie, the Truman show, he's not aware. And that's a big difference. So you look at all the prophetic movies over the, over the last couple decades and there's never been anything like contagion, which literally asks the question, what would happen if a deadly plague hit the country and hit the world? And then eight years later, a deadly plague hit the world yep. and everything that happened for the most part happened. Yep. And it is really a surreal experience because in 2011, I watched the movie and I liked it fine. And I thought Soderbergh killed it. And I thought the cast was awesome. But I'm like, oh, yeah, that's kind of creepy. And now I'm on the back end of it. And it's a documentary. Yeah, it is. Yeah, pretty much. It's a documentary. Yeah. Like Lawrence Fishburne is playing Anthony Fauci in this movie. (laughs) Yep. As you pointed out to me. He uses the term social distancing. <laughs> yeah. In the movie. Yep, that happens. It's crazy. Economies collapse. Looting. Looting happens. Burying bodies in the back of the like a Denny's. <laughs> the fuck? The entire country just shuts down. Grocery stores run out of supplies. It comes from a bat. <laughs> Like, we're at the point now where we're so far on the other end of this. Thank God I didn't watch it in March of last year. When, like, I was afraid to touch my steering wheel every time I went in the car. Jabril did. Okay, that's not right. (laughs) And he's just messaging me. And I had only seen parts of the movie, and I knew, like, oh, God, dude, what are you doing? I didn't realize the extent (laughs) of detail and intricacy and 
how much attention is given to just when I wrote in my review, the anxiety ridden horror. Sure. Cause that's what this is. It's like a horror just movie. Just the camera lingering on doorknobs. Oh my God. Right. It's so smart and so perfect and well done. Like every detail is exactly what this story needed. And yes, like almost everything about it is a broad stroke. I, if you want to call it that, but like, that's what the story is. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other way to do it. Yeah. And if they're going to put like all the dramatic broad strokes in there, it does every single one perfectly. And it's, I can't watch this as a movie. No, it's impossible. Y- yeah. Man. Like we can't do it anymore. No, what I said to you, it's like, it's watching a serial killer movie or watching silence of lambs after being abducted by a serial killer. <laughs> No, I imagine you know? I, I don't want to compare my experiences to war veterans, but this is the closest we're going to get. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Correct. Yes. I understand why. Yeah. Like, yeah, veterans have a hard time watching war movies. I totally get it. Now. Yeah. I, I totally get it. And we're now at the point where we're fact checking the movie because <laughs> human beings, just everyday average Joes understand the science are like articulate and able to understand you know, you wouldn't actually get the vaccine in 150 days. It would actually like the FDA approval process would take up to a year and the distribution. It's like only 10 million vaccines have been administered so far and you have to get 100, 290 yep. in order to fully vaccinate the entire population. So now we're so far down the rabbit hole with this. It began <laughs> as like, oh, that's kind of weird. Obviously, it was inspired by swine flu. It was inspired by SARS. And those were concerns. But I don't remember ever being concerned to the level of like coronavirus concerned me, you know, like that never really had a major impact on American society. So it it still was in the realm of science fiction in 2011 to the point where it caused a panic in March of last year. If you watch this movie, you freaked yourself out. And now we're on the other end of it where we are just we're taking it as fact. Yeah. Like this is just this is what would happen because we've seen it that's happen. what happened. <laughs> it's exactly what happened. And, and it's insane. It really is insane. It, it's one of the most surreal movie watching experiences of my life. Yep, me too. Even after seeing the movie, I knew when Kate Winslet died. Mm-hmm. I knew when Gwyneth Paltrow died. I was ready for the shock. I knew what the ending was. I knew everything. I knew the structure of the movie. Watching it again with these new eyes, um, traumatic is really the only word i can use yeah i told you like like because you were mentioning to me how you were sort of indifferent towards the ending but like it is one of the scariest endings i've seen in my entire life right because it's sort of a flashback but the whole point of it is just to illustrate how arbitrary this is Mm. and how just random this can happen and how there's there's nothing you can do guys sure it's as simple as a fucking bat at the perfectly wrong point in time, mm. like sneezing or biting a pig. And right. there you go. You have a virus that kills the entire world. Yeah. It, it, with that, with like Cliff Martinez's music. Cliff Martinez oh, knocks it out of the park here. My God. It's just, it's, oh, oh, it, it just makes me cold and, and sh- I'm shivering the entire time. It's, ugh. yeah, 100%. I thought that ending was, uh, whatever For, frankly i i mean i i don't even remember what my thoughts on my thoughts of it were because it's just like uh yeah okay a, a bat spit up into a pig and um like i don't think it truly sunk in that that's actually how it could start yeah do you know what i mean like i i didn't act it didn't sink in like oh this is actually something that could happen to me mm-hmm. and like people that i care about will get this i'll know people that die and like most people that I know will either lose their jobs or, or their employment will be in question yeah. and that we won't be able to find toilet paper. 
Uh, I, the I scene just, where they're clearing the fucking groceries. It just never sunk into me in 2011 because I was in high school and I was, yep. you know, I was in high school. The hand sanitizer close-up shot. I'm just like, I'm going to cry. This is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. Um, it's such a poetic ending, though. Like, it's just like, oh, God, yeah. All right. So, like, you're right. It's kind of hard to discuss this as a movie, but... You can't. I don't... I, I, maybe our, you know, our children will. If we will. Kind of a minor masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah, this movie's kind of amazing. Yeah, and I really underrated it the first time I saw it. Yep, but this is among Soderbergh's best movies. Like he absolutely destroys it behind the camera here. It felt like Shin Godzilla the entire way through. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. But it's like you know, I mean, oddly they're similar. Um, but this is like like talk about like not losing a single step when you're directing your movie, just right. finding a rhythm and doing it the entire way through. I mean. Nothing about this is slow or nothing about this drags. It, it is these this consistently edgy and anxiety-ridden pace. Um, every storyline is handled beautifully yeah. and feels like a nice, like, like separate chapter of this this world that we're coming to understand. There's it not just, a single one where you're like, eh, you could have cut that part out of the movie. You really needed to understand the full uh, impact of what this virus is doing. And it, it's true. Like, I look at all this, I'm like, yep, across the board, I get all of these stories entirely. Because mm-hmm. I've, <laughs> I, I hate saying it, but yes, we've lived it. We've, we've literally lived it. We it's literally, crazy. no, I, I mean, the scene where Matt Damon is locking the door and he's like i can't let you in we've all lived that yeah yeah like yeah. i've been to my grandparents house and i've stood outside the window and it's like we're waving to each other through the glass that happened to me recently with when i when i went to go see abby and you had a potential scare with your brother yeah and i couldn't go in their house right yeah it my was- aunt got the virus and had it for two months was in the hospital was like had mm. severe back pain all this stuff, not like the greatest health either, but like, you know, the closest to death she's probably ever come. We spent a month. She's sitting in the window and I'm waving to her through the window upstairs mm. and we're talking like it's, you know, Romeo and Juliet soliloquy. You know, yeah. it's it's crazy. And you watch it and it's like, God, could you imagine mm. having to lock out your daughter's boyfriend because you're afraid of a virus? Oh, wait. That's literally what happened to us over the past year. Yep. Um, and yeah, you're never going to be able to watch this again. It, it's it's scary. Um, and uh, the screenwriter here, Scott Burns, it, who is um, just remarkable at nuance. He's remarkable at detail. And he's just so journalistic, sometimes to a fault. He did that movie, The Report, with Adam Driver two years yeah. ago. Um, like, he did the work. And like, he even says... I didn't know a bat could actually cause it. Like, I just made that shit up, you know? I just made the term up social distancing. I did not actually know that was a term that that epidemiologists use in times like this. They never had to use it. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. And even, like, Jude Law's character, which might be the weakest link in Probably. my opinion. But, like, even characters like him certainly exist. That's yeah, not that's not so. that's not a false detail. I just don't like him in the movie all that much. Yeah, I, I you're probably right. I think that is the weakest part. They didn't need that part. No. Um but yeah, I mean people that are using this to exploit yeah. like they're you know, exploit people's fears. Yep. That's much. something that definitely happened over the past year. Oh yeah. Uh I, I talked about this in, in a review that I wrote. I, I did uh my top ten list and I and I did my top ten T V shows and I wrote about the show, the plot against America, which is a David Simon show, the guy behind the wire, of course. And, uh, that show is about an alternate history where FDR lost the election in 1940. And it's this very big idea about, you know, the Nazi party would have, you know, continued to, uh, to just uh, conquer Europe. And 
it's this very big idea alternate history borderline science fiction but david simon's commitment to the small details and his like journalistic approach to screenwriting really shrinks that story to understandable stakes and an understandable scope mm. and he's always about taking the big and making it small not taking the small and making it big and that's sort of what soderbergh does here like this is a movie with a massive scope lots of locations it's shot over multiple continents and there are a ton of characters it's a massive ensemble cast and you understand the ramifications of this disease and you understand the the massive stakes but you do so without a drone shot no it's mostly interiors honestly it's interiors and it's always character driven and i appreciate his ability to tell a big story in a very miniature scope because there's no other real way to tell it i mean if you're giving this to a, a massive audience the only way you can really do that is in these confined spaces that we kind of understand i mean there's nothing better than like when um, he's just talking with his daughter and telling her to get down to atlanta don't talk to anybody just get here you know it was his fiance right or no yeah i keep, yeah. I keep wanting to say it was his daughter i don't know why there was a bit of an age difference i think that's yeah, probably what it is. <laughs> larry fishburne still getting it in hey. oh boy <laughs> Like scenes like that, uh, obviously the Matt Damon scenes, but even just like when the doctor is with Larry Fishburne <laughs> and she's explaining what the virus is mm. and how it adapts and what it does. And it's equal parts like informative in the way that we kind of understand this stuff online, but also just really, really chilling. Right. I, I, I always find like the explanation of scenes like that just really – I don't know what it is about them. Yeah, this idea of asymptomatic spreaders yeah. and incubation period yep. is like a term that we all know now. Movie makes too much sense. That's kind of what what I concluded. It's like it it, it almost works too well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great but movie, but I I really do think that it's just great on every level. Uh-huh. And um, is it like Soderbergh's last great film? I love Haywire too. Uh, might be. Yeah, probably is. Yeah, probably. Logan Lucky's really good. As much as I like Logan Lucky, yeah, that's not like you know. Actually, High Flying Bird's awesome too. Oh, you love that one. High Flying Bird Rules. But it's no, it's not. But that's me. That's an in the works one, though. Yeah. That's a money ball basketball. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Not for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving on. Shame is last. Oh, yeah. Let's end this one on a fun note. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Lighten lighten it up. (laughs) Okay. Directed by Steve McQueen, starring Michael Fassbender, Carrie Mulligan, and James Badgedale, who is incredible in this movie. (laughs) Yes, he is. I knew you would love James Badgedale in this. A sex addict's carefully cultivated private life falls apart after his sister arrives for an indefinite stay. Yep. That's it. That's the movie. And we're just sitting with it for an hour and a half. So uh, talk to me about your relationship with this truly perverse film. I saw this film when it came out. Yeah. And well, not like a year after, like 2012, you know, when it was available on HBO. And it was my first introduction to Steve McQueen. And now I'm going to wax poetic about how important Steve McQueen is to me. Because this movie changed my life. Okay. Changed my life. Changed my perspective. It changed mine too. I'm now asexual. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm now no longer no, no, no. You are pursuing more, sex. You are more asexual than you were before. <laughs> I am now no longer pursuing sex in any meaningful way because it can only end like this. It's saying to... <laughs> <laughs> the movie does kind of at one point make a point to pursue it in a way that is meaningful. It's not, that's not the point. 
It's not saying don't have sex. No, I know. But um, But there's nothing sexy about sex in this movie. No. Yeah. No. This movie, yeah, changed my entire view of film in a lot of ways. Sort of like opened up my my perception on how like honest and intimate a movie could be, but also how just fucking raw a movie was allowed to. Like I, I never even considered that a movie could go to these places before. And I was just like in awe watching it. Like I never, never considered the fact that you could hold on a shot for as long as this movie often does. It was like my first introduction to like this type of editing style and this sort of rhythm in a movie. And it was just such a such a great like film lesson for me personally that you don't have to be afraid to hold on these moments if you really want to, if you really feel like it's important for the characters and the story. And just like gave like gave me like better like like film literacy i've always felt like oh that's why they're 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 choosing this shot or that's why they're holding on it this for this long you know that's why they're it it doesn't really need a plot Mm. you know per se uh and yeah just like like and I, i was just like who is this guy who made this movie and I was just so excited for everything that he did next. It was like one of those like newfound guys where it's like, okay, everything I see from this dude, I have to just like like eat up. Right. Which is why I was so excited for 12 Years a Slave and why like he really hasn't disappointed me since. Mm-hmm. Well, he's cons- consistently one of my favorite directors working today. Yeah. It's like him and Denis. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's a, a master. That being said, mm. <laughs> I've seen it more than maybe any other film on this list yeah that's uh, oddly because it was on all the time and i just had to eat this shit up it was yeah wow it's on all the time on hbo and i just could not stop watching. it was like the most intoxicating thing i've ever seen and not even for those reasons it was Mm. just like wow like what is this movie doing to me yeah uh it's like it's like it was unlike anything i could ever describe and i i just like like when I I revisited it the other day and I'm just like, wow, I, even even now I'm picking up like, how, is there a, a more perfect shot than that opening shot? Uh, just illustrating what the – like here's <laughs> – I knew exactly – I didn't know what the movie was about. Yeah. And the movie gets started with that opening shot on uh, Michael Fassbender laying down in the bed and I knew exactly what the movie was. I knew right. exactly what right. it was and yeah. what it was going to be yeah. and what it was going to be dealing with. Yeah. And and not in a way where it's like oh it's predictable it's like no just efficiently communicating you like this is the movie where this in. is the thesis statement of the movie yeah and dude it's brilliant it's one of the best movies I've ever seen as far as I'm concerned I fucking love it I understand it's not always the most pleasant experience but I I I just eat this shit up I don't know if it's possible that I could see this movie again I, like I don't I don't actually I don't I don't think I I could make it through another time uh. Well, you didn't want accessible movies, so here here's the least accessible thing imaginable. Uh, God, what do I want to say about this movie? Okay, let me point out some stuff that that I, I found interesting. Uh, yeah. An incredible New York movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. In a way that a lot of New York movies aren't. Um, the way that sort of McQueen doesn't linger on the city all that much, but you always notice it. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a, an amazing thing. Like when Fassbender's just jogging through the city and just stumbles on MSG yep. around the corner of his apartment, it's like, oh, yeah, like this is where he lives. It's like perfect setting for this story, by the way. Right. It, <laughs> really perfect. Yeah, it, it really is. And that's kind of amazing considering McQueen is not an American filmmaker no. and uh, Hunger was shot in or is an Irish film. It's an Irish story, obviously. Like, and it's a movie about a, a very specific incident in Irish history. He's not even Irish, though. He's English. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Good yeah. point. 
Yeah. Which is interesting. So maybe, and that is true. And McQueen is also able to do the same thing with the deep South and is able yeah. to capture something about slavery. Uh, turns out the guy's pretty good. He's okay. I think is what we're, what we're really saying here. I mean, this really is not a good film. Shame. It's actually pretty terrible. Sure. The, no. the, the guy sort of understands, uh, <laughs> and he, he gets Baltimore too. Yep. He understands Baltimore and widows. It's really amazing. Yep. Wow. My God. I never realized, I guess small acts is the first time he made a movie set in his own is, yeah, in his country. own country. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't know if he made a film before Hunger. I think Hunger's his first film. Wow. Yeah. He's a very he's he's adaptive. Yeah, he's a he, chameleon, this guy. He just understands people though. That's kind of what it comes down to. You yeah, but it's a, more than that though. It's yeah. it is more than that. There is more there that obviously he's a great director of character and a great director of actors. Um, but yeah, I, I found all of that New York stuff to be really cool. Mm-hmm. All these bars that they went to as sleazy and divey as some of them were and as elegant as some of the other ones were. Like uh, you simultaneously wish that you were in New York City, but also were like, oh, I don't want to spend that much time in New York City. You don't want to find yourself in the wrong place. Sure. None of those fucking blue light districts that he goes to at the at the end. D- definitely. <laughs> uh, wow. I can't believe that when that happened, I'm just like, Oh my God, the movie's going there. Sure. Whoa. Sure. <laughs> and you know, I almost resisted it for a little bit, but I'm like, you know what? Let's just, let's just go for it. Let's just do it. Cause at first I'm like, Oh, like, well, I don't want to spoil the movie for people that haven't seen it, but yeah, I, I'm not sure that was as well thought out as, as a lot of other parts of the movie, but that's whatever. Uh, James Badgedale, as, as I just mentioned, is hilarious. And I think yes. like there's a lot of great comedy in this movie. Uh, not necessarily to be found with Fassbender and Mulligan, who you might find some of that amusing, knowing your sense of humor. A little bit. Not with, um, not as much with Michael Fass. Certainly there's some comedic moments with Car- uh, Carrie Mulligan, but it's, I'm never laughing in this movie. It's more offset with just like the, the creepy implications, like their relationship. Weird. Very weird. Really weird. And you know there's like some kind of strange past stuff going on there right it is it's all implied and now mcqueen says that you can just read into it what you want but he says like these are just people that are very comfortable with nudity around each other yeah that's never a good thing (laughs) yeah usually there's more to it than that (laughs) right right um you know i think there are parts of it that nails the brother sister relationship yeah and i think like having a sister I do understand elements of it. You can't compare this to your own experiences. But this is can't. as different as it could possibly get. But that stuff is weird. Yeah. That stuff's really weird. And it, it, it at times did sort of take me out of the movie a little. But they're very broken people. Yes. Very, very broken. It's hard. It's hard. You kind of have to go there, don't you? Yeah. I, the, the easiest thing for people getting into this movie, I guess, is to compare his affliction if we're gonna call it that it's like you know he's he's like a drug addict if you can wrap your head around those ideas and how people go through waves like that right it's very similar and how they kind of close people out and only care about that habit right now my joke has always been about sex addicts is that we're all sex addicts it's just a matter of access (laughs) that's my that's always been my take but i think this movie dissuaded me of that point of view yes it does like i always used to make fun of tiger woods where it's like tiger woods has been dealing with sex addiction no tiger woods is battling being tiger woods (laughs) like that's what that's tiger woods problem that he was tiger woods like if i had the sex drive to tiger woods and i looked like me i would not be considered a sex addict but so like i think that's always been a tough thing with that particular disorder where it's like 
can you really feel that bad for the guy? Like, he's, yes, like he's he's getting off, you know. <laughs> but he but he alienates everybody in his life. He, right. he basically makes a mockery of, of of not even a mockery. He's just so cold and and stunted and indifferent towards everyone and everything. It's what, like right. nothing else matters. It's, exactly. I never seen a character just so laser focused on this one thing, even when he's supposed to be at work. Right. It's very clearly the only thing that's ever on his mind, and it's so disgusting. Sure. And it's not a bad looking film, but like it's the most one of the most grotesque films I've ever seen. Right. And no one dies you know there's blood in one scene it's not that violent though but yes it's legitimately one of the most grotesque films i've ever seen in my life to to give a minor spoiler when he's with that 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 girl that he's taking out and then they go up to the hotel and they're about to have sex but they don't quite do it which is there's a lot of interesting implications to that he Uh, can't get it up right there's that, but then there's also the bit where it's like I, I was sort of reading it as it could be impotence, <laughs> like James Spader likes to say, right? Yeah, uh, or right. or it could be he's he's not comfortable doing this with someone who you know he, he, he likes he, he generally likes. cares yeah, about exactly, right. or or he's he doesn't want to get the kick again. That was another thing that I almost read it as. So the scene where or not not the scene the moment where it does this smash cut to him fucking the girl in the window right is again I, I, like some people might find that funny but it's like the most pathetic thing I've ever seen right it's like he just went to a drug dealer on the street and just scored some heroin and that's what he's doing precisely it's like I I can do it I can make it no I can't make it give it to me when Roger Ebert wrote about the movie he talked about how like that scene where James Badgedale and the hot chick at the bar Oh God! You know that that whole dynamic, which is so uncomfortable. But again, James Badgedale's really good in this. Uh, hilarious, just really absolutely good. hysterical. Um, but uh, you know, Ebert essentially says that Fassbender, just by being quiet, gets lucky and is able. You know, he has better luck than his uh, than his boss. But I mean, he doesn't see it as luck, and that's no. the thing with this character. Like for the first time, like sex is not considered like something that you have conquered and. It, it's it's something that you should literally feel shame for, but it's also like a, a commodity that you can overdose on. And it's, yes. And the, the sex is actually conquering you. You're not conquering the sex. No, no, exactly. It's entirely just sort of you can. It's an allegory for drug addiction if you really want to go there. But sure. it, but it is ultimately just about the sex addiction. You can yeah. attribute it as both. But I love that about the movie. The fact that how often do you see like a male character used this way. Never. Ever. Never. Never. That, that, that was the biggest takeaway when I revisited it again. I was like, oh, wow, fuck. Like, I, th- this is the only character I think I've ever seen that exists yeah. in movies. Yeah. Like, one that could be this vulnerable and this flawed in this way. To where like Female characters are used that way all the all time. All the time. All, all the, the time. time. We just saw one. Yeah. We just, like, that's kind of what it is with Shithouse in a little bit. In a, a little bit. Yeah. But, um... Like yeah no they, there's they never give the attention to the male characters in this way it's almost used as a point it's it's a point of pride sure always and this yeah like you just said is something that the character should be incredibly shameful about and I'm just like that's so interesting I've never seen this type of character be vulnerable in this way it's just and look you can call it grotesque you can say like do we really need to see Fassbender peeing like he actually was peeing on set and we're watching him pee whatever and like you know some of that I think is McQueen. That, that film school brain of his that's like, just show it. <laughs> show it all. Uh-huh. And uh, I think over the years, he's actually learned a little restraint in that regard. And I think it's actually served him quite well when he sort of reigns that in a little bit. To you, 
I, I don't have any issue okay. with it. <laughs> okay. I think he's getting better. I don't know. It's I think he's a great filmmaker getting better. And I think that's just something he's added to his, you know. Well, to me, this is his best film. Okay. So that's kind of my point. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, point is, though, you, you, you made me lose my train of thought. The, uh, <laughs> he, he uses a lot of that to sort of subvert our expectations about how males are supposed to be portrayed. And so a lot of that is actually intentional. It's not just for shock value. Yeah. So like giving you a close up of Fassbender's penis, yeah. it's like it's trying to show you like, hey, you've been looking at titties in movies since the fucking seventies, and you haven't said a word. Every every titty you've seen has has been a titty that you were satisfied in. Uh, and this is the first time where it's like, oh, male nudity. What's this about? Yeah. Like we're like exploiting the male form for the first time. Mm-hmm. And and uh, someone we were comfortable with. Like most people are pretty comfortable with the actor of Michael Fassbender, but when you put him in this role, it creates a completely different context. So that is an intentional challenge. It's not just provoking you for, yep. for the sake of provocation. Like it's actually trying to say something as long as it makes a point about film trope. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an incredible movie. It's, it's incredibly bleak. Uh, it is, uh, not like a fun watch, but it is certainly a thrilling watch. Oh yeah. And, uh, I was enamored. I was, I was just enamored. I think it's, a uh, an excellent, 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 excellent movie. Yep, it's it, to me. It was amongst the best. It was in my top ten of uh, of the twenty tens. Okay. I don't remember where it ranked. It's pretty, yeah, obviously pretty high. And um, man, I love the uh, favorite detail of the movie is that character arc with him and the look he's giving the girl on the subway versus the way it is at the end of the film. Yeah, and the contrast between those two images. Sure, <laughs> I, I I feel like I've seen clips on youtube where they place them next to each other and it's just like the subtlest difference in just him going from like sort of almost like a predator to just him almost being scared of her right i love that so much yeah it's really emasculating i I mean just think about the women in this movie too yeah just think about how unconventional the fact that the woman at the bar had a suit on you know and like he's just like this pathetic shell of a man and she's like this woman that has it together and has Mm -hmm. like you know it's it's Pretty crazy. And also, Carrie Mulligan, unbelievable in this movie. Yep. I'd like to say that, too. Unbelievable. Although, uh, again, I don't want to spend any more time with her. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I, I have seen enough, and I'm out. I feel a little bad for her. You think? <laughs> I feel a little bad You think? Yeah, yeah. A little bad. She, you know. Yeah. She's had a rough go of it. Yeah. <laughs> Not the best brother in the world, you know? No, I wouldn't say no. so. I will not show... <laughs> forget it (laughs) okay uh that's it for shame right anything else you want to say yeah okay i'm assuming that's the one you want in the movie hall of fame it is not even close yeah it's shame (laughs) okay here's how i would rank it personally oh god well moneyball of course number one i would put moneyball number one by a landslide (laughs) oh jesus christ (laughs) I would maybe put contagion and shame. I would say are close. I think obviously it's retroactive and obviously that's like not inherent in the movie, but the fact that this movie has now become a source text for like a period in American history. Keep in mind that, like I said before, our kids will watch this and be like, Oh, that was freaky, but they're not going to have the same reaction to it that we are. Correct. We don't want to attribute our, I, 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 
can't in good conscience attribute my experience with sh- uh, Jesus uh, contagion as like everyone's experience over time because it's just not going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think you would say that in shame, that sort of trauma that you feel watching that movie is it's universal. It's universal. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. Irrespective of context. That's fair. Yep. Uh, Girl with the dragon tattoo. I would cross off Hugo. I would cross off. And yeah, fast five. I would, I would cross off too. Although I think it's one of the great pieces of entertainment just of the last 10 years. I just think in terms of pure entertainment and joy, just get Vin Diesel out of there. And it's a great movie. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You've made that clear. Here's the deal. I'm going to make you burn a veto if you want shame though. Cause I'm not, I'm I'm not going to, you're not moving on. No. On why? Because I think Moneyball, first of all, is a, is a movie that is harder to make. It is what? A gra- it's, a, it's a greater it's a greater feat. It's a, it's a greater feat of screenwriting. Why are you laughing? It's a harder movie to make than shame. It is. It's a harder movie to make. No, I'm not budging on this. I don't want to have to burn a veto if I don't want to. What are you talking about? It's a it's a what? It's got an iconic lead performance. Does it? <laughs> I'm not sure it does. It's got the best performance of the year. Okay. What? What? Again, I, he's, he's, he doesn't eat ass in the movie, so I understand why you might point. think that. No, that is a good point. You know, Michael yeah. Fassbender maybe pushes it a little over the he edge there. You know, it's, it's not. He does not actually urinate into a real toilet. That is a good point. In Moneyball, yeah. that's true. You're just, you're just helping my point. <laughs> it's a harder. Mo- what? Uh, Moneyball is a very special movie to me. I know. And Shame's a very special special movie movie to you. So listen, if you want it in, you have two vetoes at your disposal. You can veto, but I'm not going to budge. What if I'm not going to budge either? Then we put neither one in. Hmm. Then what are the alternatives? We can compromise and go contagion. No. (laughs) You have two vetoes that you won fair and square. I do. That we negotiated for? This should be obvious to me, though. <laughs> and it should be obvious to me as well. There's an obvious... I've made it clear. I think Moneyball... I honestly think Moneyball is one of the best movies of the last 10 years, and it's one of my favorites ever made, and I've seen it a million times, and it's special to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same way I feel about shame. But you're the only one with the veto, so you can either hit the veto button, or if you don't want to hit the veto button, I'll play the music and we'll get out of here. Uh, uh, excuse me. Or we bring Nick in, and we litigate this in front of Nick again. No, we're never doing that again because it's a stupid fucking idea. Uh, We can go Contagion. I'll meet you halfway. (laughs) I ain't meeting you on Hugo, though. I'll tell you that right now. How would you rank it? Uh, It would go Shame, Hugo, uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, uh, Contagion, Moneyball, Fast Five. I don't know what to tell you, man. (laughs) We're just going to sit here in silence. See that butt? Yeah, yeah, I see the butt. That's all you got to do. Yeah. I'm going to take the tiniest sips of my Hawaiian punch here for the next hour. It'll just be me taking sips. I got to be honest. I did not expect this to happen. This has been a dark day fucking in podcast history. God damn, 2011. It's been a dark, it's been a dark day. <laughs> 2011. Oh, my God. <laughs>
I'm not putting shame in, bro. I'm not doing it. I'm not putting the movie with like close-ups of women's assholes in the in the. Where's I'm not Steve, putting the it love in. for Steve McQueen? In the I love movie Steve Halloween. McQueen. Yeah, yeah, we'll put Widows in one day because Widows is actually his best movie. No, it's not. <laughs> no, you're right. Small X is Small his best, X is his best movie. Oh yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not actually. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it then. So nothing gets in. Nothing gets in. Yeah. That's my. That's what I'm. Yep. <laughs> You're good with that? Uh-huh. Okay. That'll do it. Congratulations to nothing. <laughs> what is <laughs> the worst podcast we've ever done? Not even close. <laughs> By far, everyone listening is very disappointed right now. Literally, we pay off every podcast that put one movie in, and now we're putting zero. Zero. Fair that's enough. what that's what this year deserves now. Or at least this discussion deserves. <laughs> okay, and you hold on to your two vetoes. For, I'm not really sure what you're holding them on to. Holding them on for. If this is truly one of your favorite movies, you would use the veto in this case, would you not? Yeah, yeah. It is one of my favorite movies. One of my most important films. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. But this is a dumb conversation. I shouldn't have to use my veto. I shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. Shouldn't have to do it. I apologize to the listening public for what has been a truly unlistenable experience. <laughs> I apologize for Adam Hall's horrible takes. I apologize for Nico's horrible takes. I apologize for my lukewarm takes. I'll give you that one. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no. I'm sorry that I shat on Hugo. Horrible takes over here. Because you're right. I didn't hate Hugo as much as, like, <laughs> I like, you hate Moneyball, apparently. I like, no, I like every movie on this list a lot, actually. Even Fast Five. I like it a lot. There's not a single film on this list that I am even like, oh, it's it's fine with, you know? No, I like every single movie. But there is just one that is like so clearly above and beyond every single one in every respect. I don't know. It's shame that it's not even close. Well, it's not. Yeah. Apparently it's not. Yeah. You had the power and you you, you lost it. No. Okay. This, uh, you know what it'd be like? It'd what? be like someone, like, you're, you're trying to coax me into this. I'm think. not trying to coax you into anything. I'm not, bu- I'm not budging. I'm not apologizing. Don't apologize. Yeah. There's no, listen, if you don't want to, that's cool. It's going to drive you nuts not having a movie in, for 2011. Not a problem. I think it will. The movie should be Moneyball. No. Listen, if I, if I, the movie should be money. If I find, if I find myself a veto one day, can we go back and retroactively, if I had a veto, I would use it on Moneyball. Mm. Yeah. Can I go back in time and retroactively veto? No. Can I give up a veto? No. <laughs> you need to acquire something. Can I go minus one veto in the veto <laughs> column? Have I gotten a veto yet? I'll compromise on fast five. Will you? Will you honestly? What happens if we were to do a Steve McQueen pod one of these days? Would we ever do a Steve McQueen pod? Not soon. No. Not before we die. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I can't... Yeah. You'll compromise on Fast Five? <laughs> Is this the corrupt bargain? Again, this also eliminates the chance of uh, us doing a Fast and Furious podcast, in my opinion. That is true. Would you like your Fast and Furious podcast if... I'm cool. If I get shame... Hmm. I'll, no. give, I'll give you two. No, I'll take Fast Five right now. I'll give you two Nico shows of your choice, whatever you want. 
two dealer's choices and they're only Nico movies? Yeah, a list of Nico films. Not a year, Nico films. Two. I get, I get two? Two pods. But sooner rather than later, we also do one Adam show that is Friday the 13th. And that's it. And you can manage, I promise. Wow. And what happens if you give me Fast Five now? Nothing. We Fast Five is in and meh, that's it. Done. But you don't get those other two shows. <laughs> of your choosing. Which I, which I have two fun with. Two of them. I have fun with. Two of them, huh? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. You sure? Yeah. You're sure? Congrats to shame. Okay. <laughs> okay. What kind of hole did I just dig myself? A big one. Oh, yeah? You should have just let Fast Five get in. <laughs> or just let Moneyball in or something. Oh, yeah? Or use your veto. No. That was way worse. What you did was way worse. That's okay. What, what do you have in mind? You have to disclose what it, your immediate ideas. What are said immediate ideas? They will be revealed before you know it. Okay, very soon. <laughs> like I said, in the vein of the Pink Panther, in the vein of Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, I know. I've got some ideas. All right, that's gonna do it. Oh boy, <laughs> this <laughs> is the worst podcast we've ever done. This is some weird emotional emotionally charged i really didn't see it coming sometimes i see it coming i just didn't i did not think that this list of movies like how like how does this list of movies divide us they're all good movies this is the problem. yeah they're all fine yeah they're all fine this is what's wrong with america i think they're all three stars or above i do i don't think yes. that no there's not a bad movie on that list yes no i i might give every single one of these for the only one that I wouldn't give four stars at least is Fast Five, but that could, yeah, for what it is, it could be a four star movie. Yeah, I, I think they're all, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're done now. Uh, now this, what are we doing? Uh, oh goodness gracious! Well, we're gonna do nineteen seventy. I mean, we're gonna do that. I know that for sure. We could do one of your shows. Okay, let me think about it. Okay, next week. Sure. Right. Sure. Love it. <laughs> this is your chance to torture Adam Hall. Okay. You can do that if you want. It's fine. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to find the I'm trying to find the straw that breaks the camel's back. Uh why is this a thing this week? We did the with Taddies. Yeah. Another just clusterfuck of a podcast. Uh but go listen to that. Uh, there's a bunch of end of the year content available on the website. If you want to just relive twenty twenty because twenty twenty one is not treating you well so far. Uh, as apparently it is us. Yeah. Go on the website. You can find last week, of course, we did our end of year top 10 lists. Mm-hmm. We uh, did the Wataddies, as I just said. Two Cents did a year end show. I did one on Cultured where I broke down both the albums list and TV list. And I talked about sort of the, the broad strokes of the year. I'm really proud of that show, actually. I'd, I'd like uh, people to listen to that if you get the chance. Um, and then I, I did some writing. So if you want to read some blog posts, they're also available on the site next week. Nico's choice. Can't mm-hmm. wait. That's it. Love ya. And until next time. Nico, be better than the gap. <laughs>